The following program is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views expressed are those of the panelists and not necessarily those of the sponsors, Broadway Media, or any school district, their respective managements or employees. Geekshowpodcast.com, welcome to a brand new episode for the month of May. May 5th is when this one is uh, out. And uh, yeah, it's, a, it's the live recording from Wasatch Comic Con in the Valley Fair Mall. Uh, also broken news with Jimmy Martin. Uh, now, as far as the uh, Wasatch Comic-Con recordings, uh, our friends uh, Kari and Rebecca Frost join us as returning champions. And then Jimmy joins me for the broken news, in which we uh, uh, talk about uh, Detective Pikachu and Tolkien. Uh, Jimmy just got back from uh, junkets on those. And if you stay till the very end, you're going to hear an interview with uh, Ryan Reynolds from Detective Pikachu, of course, and uh, Lily Collins and Nicholas Holt from uh, the Tolkien movie. So stay till the end for the celebrity star power. Uh, yeah, all kinds of stuff happening on this episode. Pretty good one, I think. It's called Coldemort. Because I have one. And it's killing me. Well, I'm getting over it just fine. Thank you. But uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's this episode coming up. want to thank our sponsors, of course. Dr. Volt's Comic Connection, open seven days a week. Hold service is free. With that, you get a 10% discount on your purchases of $20 or more. And the previews catalog for free. 2043 East, 3300 South, it's Dr. Volt's Comic Connection. Also, uh, Cabin Fever. With uh, Mother's Day, graduation days ahead, pride at the beginning of June, Cabin Fever is located in the heart of Trolley Square at the corner of 500 South, 700 East. They are so much more than a card store. Also uh, sponsored by Last Podcast on the Left, coming to the Eccles Theater, May 19th. Last Podcast on the Left laughs into the abyss that is the dark side of humanity, and they'll be performing live. Tickets are at liveattheeccles.com is where you can find those. Also, Booze Teak. Hi, Ivy. Booze Teak, a wine and cocktail accessory emporium featuring geeky wine, cocktail, and barware, Stormtrooper decanters, Chewbacca can cozies, Star Wars ice molds, Captain America pint glasses, and more. Mother's Day gifts, tiki libation essentials. Open 11-ish to 7 p.m. Monday through Saturday at 315 East Broadway in Salt Lake City. All right, let's get to this episode. name of the episode is Coldemort. A message, and then we'll get to it. Please to enjoy. Whether you're trying to get a Mother's Day gift, something unique, stocking up on floaties for the pool parties and pride just around the bend, or getting together a nice graduation gift for a friend or a family member, looks like the month of May was made for Cabin Fever customers. Retro candy, hilarious and naughty books, lunch boxes, jigsaw puzzles, licensed merchandise. Stop by and meet these fine folks. For over 35 years, Cabin Fever has been the go-to store for all of us outsiders. Located in the heart of Trolley Square, the corner of 500 South and 700 East in Salt Lake City, Utah, providing one-stop shopping for the meek, the geek, and yes, the freak in all of our lives since 1982. It's Cabin Fever. With Mother's Day graduation days ahead, pride at the beginning of June, visit Cabin Fever located in the heart of Trolley Square on the corner of 500 South and 7th East. It's so much more than a card store. We are not in the basement. We're at the Valley Fair Mall. This is my mall, Carrie. This is your mall. I grew up in this goddamn mall, for real. Which store? All of them. (laughs) Well, they're all gone now. Which one were you born in? I was, uh... I was born in the in the Sam Goodies. Do you remember? It's gone now. I think this might be it. This is the Sam. Do you remember where the heart is? Are you like the baby that Natalie Portman has in that Walmart? No, No, like seriously, I would come here like every weekend. 
<laughs> and uh, uh, go to this place called the Keyhole, and uh, I'd buy Chinese. Ah, you guys remember the Keyhole? Yeah, I'd go there and buy Chinese stars and butterfly knives. And uh, older, when I got older, I'd buy anthrax T-shirts there and pipes. What did you do with all that weaponry? Uh, yeah, how well, many crabs first, did you fight? With the uh, with the uh, butterfly knives, I just cut up my hands a lot. <laughs> but then I got really good at them. And just did you, you just cool. sit and just do them, just to yeah, do them? and just and then I just look cool as fuck. He's being right? real, he's being super modest because and, the reality of it is, is is Shannon ran the the JC territory and I ran the ZCMI yeah. territory. <laughs> Like East Coast, and, West Coast. And, yep. and the keyhole was actually neutral. It was neutral ground. It was like our church. That's where our gangs yeah. would meet and congregate and talk about Iron Maiden <laughs> and, uh, and trade Star Wars cards. The so Chinese stars were really, they weren't sharp. And they were really spongy material. Uh, no, they were made out of metal. And I I, like me word. and my brother would try to throw them in the back of our house and they'd just bounce off and bend. Oh, you should have thrown them at your brother. <laughs> yeah, listen. And I, worked here, we, I worked here too. Uh, Where did you I work? worked at the taco maker at first. Oh, lucky you. Yeah, and uh, with uh, some other punker kids, and we'd hop the counter and fight rockers all the time. <laughs> and uh, it's, oh that, it's that customer service. That keeps and, can I have a waffle, I'll tell please? And be nice. Be nice to people because they will spit in your food. I'll just, I don't know how you, I know that. You, and, uh, you've witnessed yeah. this. I also worked in the, uh, there was a Suncoast video. Jesus Christ. I, actually, I worked in the Suncoast video down there, and it was the best fucking job I've ever had. Didn't I Shannon, come and visit you at the Suncoast? Probably. Sun when yeah. I was 12, I used to go buy Dragon Ball Z VHS tapes from that Suncoast. Is there an intercept? I'm 30 now, you so you do the met. math. You guys may have met. I probably we may sold have, you a video or two. I, I remember specifically having a crush on the guy who was selling me VHS tapes, so this Uh-oh. is deeply disturbing. Oh. Was that guy, did he seem like really super stoned and on Xanax? Yeah, probably. Ah, that's I mean, probably me. The, 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 yin to my, the yin to my spastic 12-year-old Dragon Ball Z-loving Yang. Ooh. Um, God. <laughs> that's Christ. too long for a title, but I would love it. <laughs> it's a little much. Uh, no, like, so I would go to that job. I would, uh, it was when that Heather girl, remember what I, li- I lived with? Yes. She just uh, fucked off to Dallas. And yes. Just left, and I had to move back in with my mom and dad over by... Uh, uh, John F. Kennedy high, uh, Junior High School. I was, I was hoping right you were pointing to a store. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go live my with my mom and dad yeah. until back at the Macy's. My parents lived in the dumpster behind They're Claire's. They're not here anymore. Back at but, the um, Dillard's. So she, just to be nice, she gave me a bunch of Xanax. Oh, just to be nice. Yeah, so, um, and then my Suzuki Samurai broke down. Oh. I remember your rough. Suzuki Samurai. And uh, so I'd get really stoned to take Xanax and come here and sell videos. <laughs> Great. I was so mellow. To 12 year old girls who would flirt with you? Girls. I remember this really hot 12 year old girl. <laughs> <laughs> I think that there's is, a police song isolate about this. the audio. That is a sentence that never ends well. <laughs> no. This is the worst. No. I hate this universe. Isolate the audio. Uh, Shannon, Actually, uh, uh, we're going to introduce the panel. Shannon Barnes and everybody. Hey, he lives to, here. Welcome to my mind. Not anymore. He lives here. I'm going to come here to watch movies house. and record podcasts, apparently. Uh, apparently. Welcome uh, to his house. But you know where I am every week? Yes. Lucky 13. Mm-hmm. Doing my pub quiz. Come to it. It's free. It's fun. Only if it's you're smart, edu- though. Edutainment. Edutainment? Mm-hmm. Is that? Yeah, Wednesdays. Can you, get a, government, can you get a government grant for that? Fuck, I, no, I, can't, I can't even get paid for being a real educator. do? Commentary on today's. This world, huh? It's her birthday. It's her. It's she's her birthday. She's says. our returning champion. She's Rebecca Frost, everyone. I'm 30. I'm 30. It's your dirty 30. Do you have any, uh, do you have any, uh, 
Do you have any observations about being 30? Uh, no, I didn't think I'd make it this far. So Really? <laughs> that was my response as well. <laughs> I didn't plan ahead. So uh, You got no savings? I got No, I do. Well, then I you was, plan ahead more than me. No, it's to give to all my many grandchildren. What? My, <laughs> really? My, the many pets I've accumulated over oh, the years. Oh, okay. I was about to ask when your cats had babies. <laughs> no, no, I'm actually saving up to buy her a new prosthetic leg. Your, awesome. ca- your cat? Yeah, she's got a she's got a little nubbin. She tries to scratch herself. With. Oh, adorable! And when people ask how she lost it, I say gambling debt. You should just <laughs> you should get one of those um, like garden hose and just tape it on there. Why you scratch yourself with it? Why are you guys laughing about? It's a very serious problem. It's a very serious addiction. And have you ever seen gangsters go after a cat <laughs> over gambling debt? <laughs> no, so she matter. actually had to get her teeth removed. Yeah, and so uh, also I went, gambling debt. Also gambling debt. So I went to go pick her up from the vet, and the vet's like, "Oh, when did she lose her leg?" And I'm like, what? <laughs> and there were the vet tech had like, I watched a panic attack start to happen on his face. Like that cat had a leg when it came in. <laughs> I am. I guess yesterday. <laughs> yeah. I'm suing each and every one of you. Yeah. At Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Joss Whelan. That's that's right. Hmm. Lee George Cade, everybody. Hi. How you doing? Hi, Lee. Oh, Shannon says this was his mall. <laughs> I still have the lease. Oh. <laughs> By the way, it's haunted. I don't know if you know this. This Valley mall? mall is haunted. Yeah. I, well, I wish you'd have warned me before. It's the ghost of my youth. I was going to say, it's haunted by the ghost of, it's, it's haunted by the ghost of my, my dreams. Yeah. No, so the funny part is you had it. You, your, your street gang that wandered the halls of Valley Fair Mall huh? fought rockers. Mine just did musical numbers. So. When you're a jack. You're Always West Side Story. So, wow. uh, yeah, you can read my articles on Bleeding Cool uh, and don't watch the finale to Gotham. Yeah, I, I too late. Idea. I did. Yeah, it was, it was definitely okay? the ending of Gotham. We can we Are can talk crying? about it later. Yeah. That's yeah. That's what I thought. All right. Was it bad? Is that? Can uh, you, can you expound a, just a little bit? There was a spoilers? guy dressed up like Batman, but he had somebody's face. Hold on. Were his parents dead? His parents were dead. <laughs> did you know that? Bruce Slow motion dead? pearls bouncing on the There's alley. There's too many spoilers floor. now. Yeah. yeah. Did I you know the, that? But I liked the Joker. Oh, the Joker's good. Penguin was good. I liked Riddler was good. Everything else was right. Gotham. Uh, she is also a returning champion. Hello. She is uh, our dear friend, Kari. I'm from Russia. No, I'm not. I'm not from Russia. <laughs> Hi, guys. How's it going? <laughs> um, I started a new hobby in between here and the last time I was on. Um, <laughs> I started doing esports casting. So, um, really? for college league of legends. So these are actual, like there's like actual scholarships on the line for these college kids. They really? play video games so that they can earn money to go to school. Yeah. UCLA is paying me $25 an hour to scream about video games at people. So, this is yeah, quite a world is, we live in folks. Yeah. Well, and this is like, it's so funny cause I haven't felt this passionately about anything ever so apparently Uh-oh. me scream like apparently there's a jock inside of me like if only well actually my dad played for the NFL so it genetically makes sense that his <laughs> like frail genetically inferior daughter would you know gravitate to like video games but yeah so I started doing esports casting it's been really good oh, and I'm I love it thank you That's awesome thank very proud you. Of you um so you can watch that I'm starting to post my Twitch clips and like run replays of the casting that I've done for UCLA on my Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash peachy Kari. Somebody said that they thought my name was PGS Kari, like peachiest Kari. PGS PGS. We'll say so I just want to say it's peachy like a peach like a fruit. But the most peach. Peachy. Yeah. 
Pichikari. Pichikari. Yeah. K A R I. Yeah, that's correct. Okay. I just don't want anyone to get confused there. I, I, I won't lie to you. This is the first time I've fully understood what you're. <laughs> <laughs> it's taken two and a half years <laughs> for him to get my name. His name is Carrie Jackson. Oh, hi. Hey. Thanks. Wow. Whoa. He's our what host. A segue. Oh, she's good. She's learning. Carrie, it's so weird. Look, we're being window shopped all the time. I know, right? It's weird. This guy looks so scared. Buy something or leave. How are you? Hi. You want to buy an esports commentator? Buy something or leave. We're not a library. I feel like I'm in the fucking zoo. uh, (laughs) We're in a decommissioned payless. The the chess king is that way. uh, There was a chess. No, it was over there. Oh, that way. It was over there. Yeah, this is about when I start rubbing my nipples. Yep. (laughs) Okay. All right. Here we go. Let's begin. Um, Why isn't he called Coldemort? Oh. So we could just start spoiling uh, the Avengers movie? Uh, no. No, not no. yet. Did you hear a guy in Hong Kong got the living crap beat out of him I for did. that? I yeah, did. Outside of theater? Yeah, he was what? outside of theater yelling out spoilers for Endgame, and a bunch of people just jumped him and beat the crap out of him. Love and good, good for yeah. them people. Well, and people are asking for that football guy to be uh, not playing football anymore. I don't know sports words. There's a Yeah, there's a football guy who like spoiled the ending, and fans of the NFL are like, get him off the league. I've never seen anything like the like anti-spoiler, like just don't do it with well, this movie. Well, we should point out that as we're recording this, this is the weekend that yeah. the movie opened and it's playing just down the hall. How many people have seen it? Hold up your... Well, I, I would guess it's Wasatch Comic Con. Most yeah. of you have seen it. We saw it on Tuesday. I'm so yeah, I wanna, happy. I want to see it again. And uh, I, Somebody wanted me to go see it again last night with them and I was like... I, I gotta sit on it. I, I need gotta a sit minute. on it for a week. I need a yeah. minute. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you got, Kari, have you seen it? No, I've had diarrhea for the last three days. Oh. oh. <laughs> so. Well, three, yeah, I would yeah. not suggest you no. go see that. Movie. I can't sit through three. My boyfriend asked me today this morning. He's like, Kari, would you like to go see Endgame? And I was like, Do you think I can sit through three hours right now? Do you think I'm physically? I'm drinking Pedialyte right now for is people that, who can't see what is happening. Is that working? Yeah, it's uh, it does mostly work, but I forget to drink it. So. Drink. I'm trying. I'm trying. No, right what if you found like a new position? Because like when I saw it, I was sitting like this. The whole time. I was so stressed out. I have a question for you guys, though, as somebody who hasn't seen it. Did it feel like three hours? No. 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 It was the fastest three three and a half hours of my life. There were moments where I was like, this movie is three hours long. Why are we doing this for an extended period of time? (laughs) There's only so much time left. Yeah. I I will say, like, just a a plea for myself, like, uh, to everyone that has seen it. Mm Mm-hmm. Even if people ask, because we've yeah, had exactly uh, Kiki, Kiki, who's been on the show, yes, uh, has been begging us to tell the fate of her favorite character. Yeah, and we're like, no, no, <laughs> we're not telling. We're not going to tell you. Don't like. I, I don't understand why some people feel the need to like spoil a movie for people. Um, I want everybody to have that experience that we had. I I had a few like little predictions that kind of came true, but not in the way that I thought they would. It, but it was insane. so, there are just so many, like, we spoiled something for, me and Jimmy were talking to her at, at his house. Oh, okay. And uh, we realized, you can't say anything about this movie. Not a thing. There's so many little awesome moments that you, I just want everybody to see. Well, I even called out somebody, they mentioned the absence of a thing, and I was like, I hate to be this guy, but that's a that's spoiler. That's also a spoiler, yeah. yes. And he's like, how can we talk about anything? And I'm like, I'm s- typically, any other movie, fine, but with Endgame, like, you can't say anything, even the absence of a thing. Yeah, 22 like, years? Or no, 22 movies, 11 years yeah. of buildup? Like, you don't, just don't do it. Like, <laughs> don't, there's like certain wardrobe 
choices well, that you can't even. Well, exactly. There was I was reading a Hollywood Reporter on the way over, and they they had a headline that spoiled a, a wardrobe thing. Yeah. And I, I was I was really angry about that because it's a great joke in the yeah. movie. Uh, anyway, just avoid all media. Just go and see it. Avoid all every media, everything. Oh, yeah. Don't listen to this. Don't listen to my radio show. The, just the, don't. The know? funny, the funniest thing that happens is that all of the online publications are basically waiting to see who's going to start spoiling before they'll spoil. And so, if you oh, don't have, started. if you don't have an editor in chief that basically says, "No, you you can't spoil. We're giving it two weeks." Or if we do a spoiler article, it has to have you know spoiler warnings in the actual title. If you don't have yeah. if you don't have that for your editor in chief, they're literally watching. Like they're watching Variety right now to see. Okay, if Variety yeah. starts spoiling, then we can start spoiling. And they've already got their articles written. Yeah. They've already got their you know top ten things that are going to blow your mind. Articles. Well, I, I mean, and it's garbage. Like, like Entertainment Weekly, at least is, has got the double chance to get out headlines right, right. before they you know. And start. you should. And you should jump out, yeah. yes, unless yeah. you've seen it. I actually, um, one, one quick note, on, on Twitch, there's actually people spamming the entire movie's, you know, the spoilery premises parts of oh. it. So uh, don't, just don't get on Twitch for the next week, because my boyfriend was literally just watching his favorite Hearthstone player um, and had it spoiled for him, and he's going to see it tonight, but, I mean, that still doesn't oh, take back sucks. what happened. You know who's doing it? It's the Snyder Brownies. Really? <laughs> I'm dead serious. It's the Spider Bro- the Snyder Bronies. They're all pissed off that that their uh, precious Zack Snyder DC movies have been ridiculed or panned or criti- critiqued in any way, and so they're intentionally going out of their way to just spoil the movie. And well, that's bad form. You know, it's really bad form. But I'm kind of standing back and going, okay, well, I kind of liked a lot of the Snyder movies. I You're liked just them. Looking like an asshole now. Thanks, yeah. Jumpy. Yeah. I'm wearing Batman shoes, and I don't feel any need to berate. I almost thought maybe I'd get beat up, actually. <laughs> Being like, why are you wearing those here? It's Endgame weekend. All the time. <laughs> now, I, I, I do try to be you know, political and even-handed when it comes to this stuff, but I will say that one of the first things that I said once the credits started rolling, and this is just the Marvel zombie in me, I went... Good luck, DC. No, he said it to me. Yeah. He's, he walks up right behind me. He's like, there's no way fucking DC's ever going to do anything that fucking good. Fuck you, Shannon. And I was like, whoa, that's well, weird. And it's the same, the was, same weekend of... Like, he was the, like, really? Uh, it's like he was on crack. I was well, caught up. I, in order to become a bully, Carrie needed uh, 22 films in 11 years that's to right. build up to that. So, so. there, there oh, is... show Shannon. Yeah. The, the, big, the big question that I get asked the most is, is, is when is it safest to go to the bathroom? And there is not because I, I had so to even a- even after not drinking anything for thirty seven days before the movie <laughs> I still had to so, I still had to go and I come back and later on I'm talking to my wife because oh, and this is the impact the movie has after the movie was done we went to a nursery to go and just like look at a plant we were there I for, thought you were looking at babies no no we're no we were at, we were at this plant nursery for like. 42 hours because we were so numb from the movie, like shell yeah. shock. So yeah. I read an article, anytime a location title card pops up no. is when you can go it's to the It's a bathroom. lie. I disagree. <laughs> it's a lie because I did See, exactly I that. I think those are the safe times to go. I did exactly that. And when I came back that night, I was talking about it. I was like, I didn't get this one scene. And she was like, yeah, because for the minute and a half that you were running down the hallway, this, this, and this happened. Oh. <laughs> All right. What, and that one you, wardrobe thing. Did, did yeah. you miss the part where uh, Voldemort killed Batman? That was awesome. That was crazy. So I, like, also, I had no idea that was coming. Well, it's also the same weekend of the Battle of Winterfell, and I don't know how I'm not going to be exhausted next week. <laughs> well, Antidepressants, Rebecca. It's going to be okay. Good luck to all Starks this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> well, and uh, Game of Thrones happening. This is like a rough time for geeks right now, isn't it? We got Game of Thrones. We got, we got Endgame. We got, to, well, the end of uh, Gotham, Lee. 
The Sorry. season finale of the, the Orville. Oh, yeah, the season finale of the Orville. Which was, was fantastic. Awesome. Another awesome two-parter of that show. Yep. And uh, you'll soon be able to visit the world of Game of Thrones. What? Westeros is open for business. HBO has announced oh, it's that it's... it's sticky. Why it's, is everything covered in blood? <laughs> Where's the whorehouse? <laughs> Where's the whorehouse? Listen, if there's not a t-shirt for the whorehouse, I, I'll be disappointed. Uh, HBO has announced it's turning the Northern Ireland studio into a giant museum and tour for Game of Thrones fans to see the sights and, uh, you know, sit on the Iron Throne, I guess, is what you'd want to do. Although I think you're I right. I guess is what you want to do. Do you not watch the show? I, <laughs> you sound like someone who's like, or whatever it is you Game of Thrones I've fans never do. I've watched an episode. <laughs> no, see, here's the thing. I've watched every episode of the show. I still don't know their fucking name. That's me, Karen. <laughs> I still don't know That's their me. Name. Like, I know a few of them. Like the most the dog, important. So we, but, the hound. But yeah. it worked. There's no. the redhead. There's and Lord then, Friendzone, the most yeah. important character. Could turn, it, could turn it to a dragon, and Danny still wouldn't write it. <laughs> That's I, what I, I'm talking about. I called Jamie Lannister's sister fucker for like <laughs> He's five dead. years. I finally learned his name this season. Which but one? What is it? What is it? Jamie Lannister. Okay. He's he no sister longer fucker. sister fucker for the longest time. And Cersei's got a real name now for me, too. It's, yes. But at work, we did this thing where it's predict who will die, who will live, and who will become a White Walker. And all I had was names. And, and I was, Jen did that, too. And I got, I can't do I this. And pictures. I told my producer I need pictures. I don't know who that is. Which one is that one? Grandpa, on this show, there's a lot of people. Oh, that's the guy that what got the grade scale on his face. Oh, he he's turned dead. Into yeah. The thing. Yeah. yeah, he turned into the thing. Oh, he'll that die. That phone's okay. in the movie, Grandpa. Like, what's the so, Dink's name? I don't know. I just call him the Dink. The Dink. Uh, Tyrion? Tyrion. Peter Dinklage. Oh, Peter Dinklage. Yeah, he's... Well, I knew... Dink. I call him the Dink. The little Game of Thrones. He he was the one that I learned, first of all. But then the rest... It's just... I Anyway. But uh, New York Times reporting uh, HBO currently working on turning uh, the the Game of Thrones studio tour located inside 110,000 square foot linen mill studios outside of Belfast. The museum will be an immersive experience where fans can check out sets, costumes, weapons, and other props from the series... Uh, there will be exhibits that show fans, get this, how Ramsey's sausage was made. Oh, nice. What? What? I know. Oh, I'm trying to remember. His actual sausage. Uh, not like his. Not his. Ramsey Bolton. He, well, he, he just cut off Theon's dick. Oh, it was Theon's dick. Okay, so <laughs> Ramsey. Oh, Ramsey Alfie made. Allen. He made the sausage. But not. Out of, no. He did, no? No. I don't remember any significant sausage. There, he takes the sausage and he weighs so, it. Yeah, so Alfie Allen is like him. tied up on a big axe. And, oh, that's and mean. And Ramsey Bolton, the one kid from Misfits, oh, he topped yeah. it off. And was well, like, I know who Ramsey is because yeah. he was an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's um, the one on The Dirt, the Motley Crue movie. Do you think is when he in The Dirt? Yeah. Who's he playing The Dirt? It's Mick Mars. Mick Mars. Did you like that movie, Rebecca? It was a so quick bad. aside. To Here's the thing: crew. is you underestimate my love of hair metal, <laughs> but the movie itself was so bad. <laughs> the kid who plays uh, um, Tommy Lee is like just so happy to be there. <laughs> is it, is it as good as the uh, Def Leppard biopic that was on uh, VH1 several years ago? I don't remember this. I haven't seen oh, that. You one. should check that out. I lost my arm, <laughs> but I'm a drummer. <laughs> Sorry. 
as far was, as immersion goes, I think yeah. that Westeros is probably the least place, like the place you would not want to be immersed in. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Like, what, are they going to flay you? Like, are they going to flay a small section of your yeah. arm? Like, how does this, like the immersion portion it's of not, this? Yeah, it's not exactly <laughs> Harry Potter land, yeah, is it? it's not. Yeah. <laughs> not a nice place to visit. Yeah. Make sure it smells like shit. But yeah. like Harry Potter Land, you can just shit anywhere you want. Oh, just like Harry Potter fun. Land. Oh, okay. I think I'm going to go. It's like, <laughs> well, it's just, like New York. Just operate the shits away. Yeah. If you don't want to get what? flayed, you just stay away from Bolton Land. That's Bolton the, is that that's a separate part. section? It's, it's a land. It's all split up into different lands. So okay. there's Karstark Land. There's Bolton Land. Jeez. <laughs> and you don't want to go to the different lands that, that don't, you know, that do the things that you don't want to have happen. California Stark Adventure. <laughs> California Stark Adventure. Yeah, stay for the integrity and lose your head. It's great. <laughs> All right. But, uh, we'll take a break. After these messages, messages we'll be right, right back. back. Now let's see what's happening at uh, Dr. Volt's this month, the month of May. Uh, this month, Marvel brings you the most savage, most unkillable team of characters that the Marvel Universe has ever assembled. Wolverine, Venom, Elektra, Punisher, and in their midst, Conan the Barbarian? Be sure to check out Savage Avengers. Evil is winning, and our heroes will fail us. The carnage starts here as the bad guys take center stage in The Year of the Villain, the most treacherous event in DC Comics history. An alliance of dark forces from across the Ten Realms threatened to conquer Earth. Will the combined might of the Avengers, the Fantastic Four, and Wolverine be enough to save the Earth? Marvel's big summer event continues, War of the Realms. Dr. Volts is open seven days a week. The hold service is free, and with that, you get a 10% discount on your purchases of $20 or more and the previews catalog for free. They're open seven days a week, 2043 East, 3300 South. It's Dr. Volts Comic Connection. Booze Teak, a wine and cocktail accessory emporium featuring geeky wine, cocktail, and barware for concocting your favorite genre drinks. You'll love the Stormtrooper decanter, Chewbacca can cozies, Star Wars ice molds, Captain America pint glasses, Doctor Who sonic screwdriver, and Harley Quinn bottle openers. Plus more traditional accessories for entertaining like Kentucky Derby mint juleps, Mother's Day gifts, and tiki libation essentials. Open 11-ish to 7 p.m. Monday through Saturday at 315 East Broadway. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast on the left. <laughs> last podcast on the left barrels headlong into all things horror as hosts Ben Kissel, Marcus Parks, and Henry Zabrowski cover dark subjects spanning Jeffrey Dahmer, werewolves, iconic hauntings, the history of war crimes, and more. Last podcast on the left laughs into the abyss that is the dark side of humanity. Now is your chance to see the podcast live. Last podcast on the left is coming to Eccles Theater downtown Salt Lake on May 19th. Tickets at live at the Eccles.com. Broken news. Welcome to it. Oh. Oh, my. There should be cricket noises. There should be. <laughs> Here, let me just turn up this. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, broken news. Uh, the name of the episode is Coldemort, and we'll get back to it in a moment. Record, did, recorded at Valley Fair Mall. Okay, I was gonna say this is the the live show for Wasatch Con. I wanted to be there with our special returning champions, uh, Kari and Rebecca, who are both a couple of the funniest women I've ever known. Fantastic, and they're the best. All right, and uh, yeah, you should be following them on social media. 
Uh, let's see. So joining me for Broken News, Jimmy Martin. I'm actually in town. Yeah. How about <laughs> oh that? God. Just in from London or someplace. I, I would, see. Yeah, London for four days, came back for 36 hours, and flew to New York for three days. Wow. So I just got back yesterday. So we'll this. and we'll have your interviews at the end of this episode for, yeah. uh, P- for Detec- Detective Pikachu and Tolkien. Tolkien, yeah, or Tolkien is, is they it say. Tolkien? They, yes. they pronounce it very well. In Wanted the movie. to make sure. Uh, yeah, and then uh, another interview coming up later in the month, so it'll be fun. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be fun though. I'm, I'm excited. It was crazy busy, super fun. Ryan Reynolds smells amazing. Ah, so going to be my first question. The one thing I've learned, and we, you get it from like his characters in movies, but you know, obviously scripted and whatnot. Mm-hmm. That dude is quick on his feet. Oh yeah, like really. I mean, it's a talent. You know what I mean? Like, and I tried to keep up with him. So he's uh, he's sharp. Yeah, good looking and sharp. Son of a bitch. Hate him. All right. Son of a bitch. And here his uh, wife's pregnant again. Yeah, they kind of did the announcement on the. I can't say red carpet because it was yellow. Well, but, for uh, Pikachu. Yeah, Pikachu was there. Got to be yellow carpet. <laughs> exactly. I'll just, have to, I'll just have to say, hi, Jessica. <laughs> Good job being Pikachu. <laughs> Shh. Pikachu is real. Shh. She took her helmet off, and I just, like, I'm scared. I'm scared. <laughs> scared all the kids. All the children ran. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, so we'll get to broken news here, and we'll get to those interviews at the end, and we'll continue the episode in a moment. But uh, right now, it's up to you and me to raise a glass. Son of a bitch. To Peter Mayhew. Ugh. This one I did not see coming. I predicted Prowse before that. Yeah? Because, uh, well, he's on my Deadpool at work. Um, oh, okay. Mm. So, um, yeah, I predicted Prowse. I did not see Mayhew coming because he just had some surgery recently, and they said he was recovering well. So yeah. I, I thought, well... I'm, uh. I mean, all honesty, when was that dude not having surgery? That's true. I mean, like... That's true. There was a crowd funder for a couple of years ago. I mean, I mean, we'll get to stories, I'm sure, but I mean, I met the, the first time I met that guy was probably about 25 years ago, and he was on a cane then. Oh, yeah. yeah. Was it that mean, long ago? Yeah. So I was 15. Oh. So 22 years ago. Yeah. Super nice guy, though. I oh, mean, yeah. Super you know, nice. First time I met him, uh, he was... It, it's special for two reasons. One is that... Uh, well, he... Look uh, at your eyes glowing. <laughs> he was there when I met Chase Masterson. So oh, it's that's it. And, you know, he, he sensed the vibe in the room as well uh, back in 90, <laughs> back in 94. Uh, but yeah, he just uh, what I what was interesting about him is that he, uh, he 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 spoke in just like broken kind of sentences. Yeah. You know, just kind of he, he'd just say a couple of words, and they'd be the only words that he needed to say, and that was it. You he know, didn't, he didn't need to waste them. Didn't need to waste them. <laughs> uh, but then again, when he came to town uh, recently, uh, it was a couple of years ago. Couple of yeah, for, like two, uh, two or three years ago, I think. For Salt Lake Comic Con. Yeah, uh, it was him. And he just, we had him on the show, on the radio show, and he just out of nowhere saw my Chewbacca bag oh, shit. that I have. Just out of nowhere, saw it. Because it's always there. You didn't bring it just for him. I didn't, no, I, but I'd been using it. Yeah, yeah. There are witnesses. Yeah. Uh, I've been using it for a year or more. And he <laughs> grabbed it and just opened up the lid. He says, I don't want to sign it on the outside. Yeah, yeah. And on the inside, he signed it. That's cool. Peter Mayhew Chewbacca, just, you know, without any urging. So just, that was that was very cool. Nice. And then I looked at him, I said, you remember Chase Masterson? He goes, yeah, you had a vibe, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, Peter Mayhew uh, died Tuesday in his North Texas home with, with his family by his side. Yeah. He had undergone spinal surgery in July. <clears throat> and it was an effort to improve his mobility, some like, you know, Hail Mary operation kind yeah. of thing. He'd been in a, a wheelchair for quite a while. Yeah. Uh, played Chewbacca in Star Wars, of course, 1977, Empire, Return of the Jedi, Revenge of the Sith, 
and The Force Awakens, he did some sitting scenes okay. in The Force, yeah, yeah, Force that's Awakens. Right. And that's when they brought in the new guy. It was only right to do it. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Uh, Mayhew had done some minor acting. He played a Minotaur in the Ray Harryhausen fantasy Sinbad in the Eye of the Tiger from 1977. <laughs> Classic. Yes. And was working as a hospital orderly. When he tried out for the part of Chewbacca, he got the role based on, well, his size. Let's not just kid ourselves here. Sure. Uh, George Lucas was in desperate need of someone who would be taller than Darth Vader. (laughs) And and Mayhew in his prime was seven foot three. Jesus Christ. I know, right? See, we never got to see that because he was always in the wheelchairs, you know? Well, I did see him walk around when I first met him. Oh, okay. He He was on a cane, but... Uh, after uh, wrapping the first Star Wars, he went back to work as an orderly. Can you imagine? Did not leave the job for good until the release of Return of the Jedi. <laughs> he stayed as an orderly. Even through Empire and all of that, he worked as the orderly in the hospital. He probably didn't get the same merchandising deal that Lucas did. <laughs> yep. Well, that's not you. You're just wearing the suit. I'm sure that's a bastard Lucas did that. Um, but then he discovered the fan convention circuit, and that's where a lot of these guys, that's where they make their money, yeah. which is why you need to go and support them. If, if you love these people, they, th- that's how they're making their bank. Yeah. Uh, private memorial will take place on June 29th, and there's a, ew, what the hell? I had a question. What the hell is that? Now, see, here's what's happening with the music. All right, I need to explain what's going on. I'm sorry, Chewie. We'll get we'll get back to your. So I've been searching Spotify for Guardians of the Galaxy playlists, and there are a lot of fucking nerds out there who say this should have been in Guardians of the Galaxy. No. Now I've been listening to this guy's playlist all morning, and it's been spot on. Really? Except for Guns and Roses. That's what, when I walked in. Whatever yeah. that was that just happened, and this this I don't think would be. Something in Star Lord's playlist. Maybe. This is close. As like a fucking joke. Okay, I'll like, leave it on then. All right. Yeah. I'll leave it on. I like I like the uh revolting cox version better <laughs> uh, than than the original. Well, I thought you were calling Rod Stewart a revolting cock. No, no, the band. <laughs> uh Private Memorial will take place June 29th. There will be a gathering for fans at Empire Con LA in December. Okay. Uh, Mayhew was survived by his wife, Angie, and three kids. Um, and maybe we should do something for him at uh, Fanex in the fall. We should probably have some kind of a yeah. Something. Something. I don't know what. Because, I mean, and I and I said this on the radio, and I'm sorry if, if I'm repeating myself, but it's true. I want you to go and I want you to watch the original Star Wars, and I want you to go to the cantina scene where we first meet Han and Chewie, and he's talking with Kenobi and Luke. Yeah. I want you to watch Chewbacca's face. No, no, that's later. <laughs> I want you to watch Chewbacca's face as Han is talking about the Millennium Falcon and making a deal. Mm-hmm. There's some acting going on there. People aren't usually looking at Chewie, but I want you to look at Chewie in that scene. Yeah, he's he's focused in. He's doing he's doing the work underneath that mechanical whatever it is that made it so his mouth would open. Yeah, yeah. And then also go on YouTube and look for uh, Chewbacca saying dialogue and what it was was it was Mayhew just he would speak yeah and then they'd later add in the rah, 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 you know <laughs> and so he'd say things like uh, who is that crazy old coot and you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Han where have you been you know and things like that and they just dub it over and they just dub it over <laughs> that's cool so it's uh, it's interesting that's funny all right. Good old Chewie. No, what, what the pause was, just so people don't know, my favorite thing is when he, they're talking and he just, Chewie just picks both hands and just puts it behind his back like, Oh, the chess, try, chess try, game. Try and fuck with me. <laughs> Wookiees don't pull people's arms out of their sockets when they lose, or droids don't, is the line. Did, did he do it in Solo? 
He ripped uh, some dude's arms out of his sockets. I think he did. I think he fucked somebody up. He, he did. He, he eventually... <laughs> well, I mean, we got to see Chewie really cut loose in Solo. I mean, he was a mean motherfucker. When, I, when we you walked know? out of it, I said, Chewie stole that fucking movie. Yeah. And 100%. All of you who boycotted it, fuck you. <laughs> all right, here we go. Um, and then this happened this week. Avengers Endgame passed Titanic globally. Oh. As far as the the, the, the cheddar, Avatar, you're fucked. It's it, it's close. Oh, do you know what it is now? It's really close. I looked it up right before I came here because I'm just I'm keeping an eye on it like a fucking because we're gonna have a party. Shit, we're gonna have a party when that happens. It's two weeks in. The number I saw worldwide, two point mm-hmm. two billion. Yeah, and Avatar is at two point seven. Yeah, fuck you, Avatar. We're coming. <laughs> here's here's the here's the numbers. Endgame is now the second highest grossing film of all time with twenty uh, with two. Point one eight nine billion. Oh my god! But you round it up; it's it's two point two billion. Uh, it surpassed Titanic, which earned uh, two point one eight seven billion, unadjusted for inflation. And that's yeah. where the nerds will come out. Well, the nerds will come out and say that yeah. if you want to talk inflation, it's gone with the wind. Yeah, <laughs> fuck you and that racist movie. Uh, <laughs> Endgame achieved the re- people hate it when I say that. <laughs> sure. Endgame achieved the remarkable feat after uh, collecting another one hundred forty five point eight million domestically. And 282.2 mil overseas on its second weekend. Shit. All right. Number one grossing film is Avatar with 2.8 bill. Uh, heading into the weekend, the Avengers installment earned the highest grossing week of all time, picking up an astounding 56, uh, five, uh, 562 mil at the global box office from Monday to Thursday. That's not even counting weekend. Yeah. Endgame is one of only five films to pass the $2 billion mark. I think it's going to pass three. And uh, the others are The Force Awakens, Infinity War. Uh, it reached the threshold in record time in only its 11th day of release. So, Jesus Christ. I mean, get, again. It has to beat it. This is, okay, look, there are great things in Avatar, don't get me wrong. I love James Cameron as a director. Mm-hmm. Lee, Lee and I can fight all the time about Terminator 2, all we want. But, I mean, Aliens is fantastic. I love True Lies, I think is great. Mm. Um, it's a great movie. Yeah, and so, I mean, like, Cameron knows how to make a fucking movie, but... To be the all-time box office worldwide, fuck you, Avatar. <laughs> like you know, yeah. and nobody wants. Like I've talked to this so many times, and not one person I talk to wants a fucking Avatar sequel. You're getting four or four of them. <laughs> like I said, the you know, and, and again, if you love Avatar, good on you. Hey, whatever gets you through the night, that's awesome. Just my opinion here. The best thing about Avatar is that ride down in Florida. That's what you always say. Yeah. I fucking love that ride. That was <laughs> fucking awesome. I'll give it. I'll give you that, Avatar fans. That was sure. awesome. That well, was an amazing ride. I I've said many times in the past. I hate 3D. I don't like it. I think it ruins movies half the time. But the 3D in Avatar was good because yeah. Cameron knows how. He's mm-hmm. a filmmaker. He knows how to use it. Mm-hmm. But I just I'm so sick of seeing that. Like, every time you go there, like as a film nerd, that just top spot Avatar. It's been there yep. for fucking years. Yep. Uh, well, and speaking of rides, huh? Uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Oh, yeah. The reservations went online this week. Oh, shit. Would it crash it? <laughs> Let me see what it says here. Yes, actually. <laughs> uh, the reservation system for Disneyland's highly anticipated Star Wars Galaxy's Edge went live Thursday morning. Took less than two hours for all of the slots to be snapped up. Jesus Because they they're tightly regulating sure. the first, I think, month. You can only be there for four hours. It's a color-coded wristband. Oh, in you, the park. Yeah, you have oh. to be in inside of, of the Galaxy's Edge Park. Yeah. You have to be uh, a, a guest. Uh, you have to. The registration was free, but you, you had to prove that you had your passes 
We're not just giving them to anybody and then you, yeah, yeah. you're not showing up. And you had to have the names of all your guests. I mean, it was a really rigorous oh. thing. My friend Hil- uh, Hildy did this. Okay. And uh, she's going. Uh, so it says uh, there there were so many would-be visitors trying to get on the site before the system went live at 10 a.m. that there was a queue to even access Disneyland.com. Oh, my God. The message read, due, due to high demand, you are waiting to enter Disneyland.com. <laughs> Shortly after it was announced, the Galaxy's Edge was open May 31st. Disney revealed the no-cost reservation. We know that story. I should have crossed that out. Uh, Resort hotel guests got access to the first round of reservations because there's proof that you're going to be there. Yeah. uh, Strict rules. Uh, The person who made the reservation had to list the names. Only up to six names. Uh, I mean, they're gone, so I don't know why I'm reading you all this stuff. But but, uh, here's the thing, folks. If you did this, good for you. But you know that the big ride is not going to open Galaxy's Edge until like August, I think. I heard like later than that. Maybe even later than that. See, what I'm hoping is that, because they are doing a press day. I've heard about this down there. Haven't heard about access to it, stuff like that. I I think uh, some friends are going, but... Here's the thing, though, is that I want to go there first when it's a little, when the kinks are worked out. Yeah. You know what I mean? And both rides are open. That's when I want to go. So I'm hoping maybe with the Star Wars Junket in December, boom. There you go. <laughs> so we'll see. Who knows? Uh, August, let's see. So it's going to open in Florida on August 29th. And I'm, I haven't checked to see whether the big ride is going to open on the 29th in Florida or not. I don't know. They're they're still working bugs out of it. Apparently, it's really ambitious. I think what it makes so. me so nervous is there's so many people are buying tickets for this thing and they're spending hours online getting reservations. They're going to wait in line to get in that park, and something's going to fuck up. Yeah, because you've got one ride, and if that thing fucks up, guess what? You got nothing. You got one ride and a few other things to do, but, well, but still, essentially, the, park, the Millennium Falcon ride is the yeah. is the one that will be open, and the park itself will look cool. I get oh yeah, that. but like. You've got one fucking ride, yeah. you know, and like the second someone throws up all over it, that's all it's going to take. Shut down. Yeah. Yeah. When we went to, um, when I went to the Cars 3 premiere uh, down there, we, it was at the Anaheim Convention Center, we walked right outside and then they led us right into the back end of um, Cars Land. Yeah. In Kelvin Ridge. They shut it down for us. It was really cool. But they actually gave us fast passes to Guardians because it just opened. And so they shut it down for us for like two hours. And like you could ride that thing like nonstop. And this is like two weeks after it opened or something. Mm-hmm. Some fucking kid threw up all over it, and they had yep. to shut it down for about 45 minutes. Yeah. And we just sat there. Fucking ruined it for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so that's all it's going to take. Wow. Just the right little jumble of Coca-Cola and hot dogs. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm just not in a hurry because the well, whole crowds thing. I'm not going fucking near that place for at least a year. Yeah. If it's not a press event. I not think so. I can't. I think you're right on that one. All right. Uh, Twilight Zone has been renewed for season two at have CBS watched, All Access. Have you watched any of this? I'm going to this week because Sue's going out of town, and I'm going to watch all of Discovery and start on Twilight Zone. I'm all cut up on Twilight Zone. And? Fucking amazing. You are going to lose your shit because I know you and I both like uh, the old school Twilight Zone. Classic, yeah. And I'm going to tell you right now because there's something in your house that I found. Do you remember what it was? It's the napkin dispenser. Yeah, my most expensive <laughs> napkin dispenser. Because <laughs> I found it at that store. Yeah. And you're like, get it. It makes an appearance. Oh, good. Yeah, just real quick, but it makes it. But each episode has something like that. Like there's little. I'll say um, nods. The nightmare at thirty thousand feet with Adam Scott. Yeah, so fucking cool how it does. I won't really ruin it for you, but it's so cool what they do. It's not the gremlin on the side of the plane kind of thing. It's a lot more fucking psychological than that. 
Uh, but then all of a sudden, there's a little doll that's the exact replica of that gremlin that's um, that's harassing uh, I, I, have an, I have an action figure of it. <laughs> it's just right there. <laughs> and then like uh, there's a uh, there's a Christmas episode, and, and there's a wrapping paper that has the ventriloquist doll on it. Oh, really? Yeah, like Talkie Tina. Yeah, no, I know it's Tina. It's a guy t- one. Oh, 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 the, yeah. Okay, you know yeah, what I'm talking the about ventriloquist. I- yeah. Went to the talking doll. Yeah, I know yeah. the Ventilica's dummy. Yeah. Little hints like here and there. Oh, it's that's fun. So fucking good. Each one's a little bit different. So you're going to like ones more than other ones for sure. Oh, that's fun. And then Star Trek, I am, right before I came here, I'm on episode 12 out of 14. Well, there's 14 this, yeah. this season. All mm-hmm. right. Okay. So, well, I'm, I better get I'm hammering on through, that. and it's good. That's the first thing I'm going to do. Sue, Sue leaves tonight for a week. And she go. has no interest in Star Trek. So I just went, <laughs> all right. Okay. That's what I'll do all week long. <laughs> Just watch them all. I just watched, uh, you know, yeah, I watched them on like while I was out of town. So, all right, uh, let's see. Oh, this I, I found the story. I thought of you immediately when right. I found this story because uh, you and I have this thing for. I mean, we're not car guys, you know. I I wouldn't be able Geek to ones. That's the thing. <laughs> I you know I wouldn't be able to tell the difference between a seventy four and an eighty Corvette. I don't know. Oh, I could do that. You know, <laughs> we're not car people. <laughs> no. I mean, even even today, you know, the cars just have letters, yeah. and, and so it's like, oh, is that an Audi A4? I don't know. Sure, I, you know, sure, why not? But you and I are geek car sure. people, absolutely. And next time you're in LA, you need, a, yeah, you, soon, which will be soon, I'm sure. You need to go to the Peterson Automotive Museum, okay, in Los Angeles. Uh, they have a new exhibit of vehicles from TV and movies. Ooh. The exhibit is called Hollywood Dream Machines. Okay. Vehicles of Science Fiction and Fantasy. Oh. And uh, particularly exciting for anyone who loves uh, futuristic movies. Uh, they've got, of course, your Back to the Futures, your DeLoreans. Sure. Uh, they got a, one of the flying cars from the original Blade Runner. I was just going to th- think of Blade Runner. Fuck. They've got them from Minority Report. Mm-hmm. They've got some from Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, and uh, also, there are also vehicles, both full-size and smaller production models, from Clockwork Orange, Excellent. Terminator Salvation, Black Panther, Blade Runner 2049, okay. Jurassic Park, uh, Tron Legacy, the light cycle specifically. Nice. And you, I think they let you sit on it. Uh, Robocop, Iron Man, Fifth Element, and one of my favorites... The alligator from Death Race, Death Race 2000 from 75. That's that's the, <laughs> the one Roger that Corbin that's, wins? Yeah, that's the one that Frankenstein drives. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I love that movie. Uh, so, but yeah, go and take a look. There's even a vehicle from Prometheus, which is so big that they couldn't get it into the main museum. It's displayed outside. <laughs> it's out in the back. They had to put it outside. Wait, and it's called the Peterson. It's called the Peterson Automotive Museum. All right. The exhibit runs through March 15th, 2020, so you got plenty of time. Oh, I got plenty of time, okay. But uh, next time you're there, there's something for you to do. Hell yeah. All right. I'm just looking where it is, because, yeah, I'm going there pretty soon, so. Uh, So that'll be fun. Sweet. Uh, And then finally this. The geek world has been in an uproar because of the... When are they not? Sonic the Hedgehog (laughs) trailer. They have every fucking right to be in an uproar. This fuck even what he looks like because it looks terrible. Yeah, that movie looks like a solid piece of shit. Yeah, it I looks just don't. awful. And I'm sorry, the director. I mean, you can go to the story, but how he's like, I'm going to fix it. That's 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 the story I've got here. That's not your problem, pal. Uh, in lieu of the uh, the cartoonish dimensions seen on the character in the games. The film's version was a more realistic take on the Speedy Hedgehog. It's a standing blue hedgehog that's like four feet tall. Oh, my God. 
across social media, fans criticize his new look, and the film's director, Jeff Fowler, took notice. <laughs> Said, quote, thank you for the support and the, <laughs> and the criticism. Thanks for making fun of me. Uh, let's see. The message is loud and clear. You aren't happy with the design, and you want changes. It's going to happen. <laughs> Everyone at Paramount and Sega are fully committed to making the character the best he can be. Uh, hashtag gotta fix fast. Oh my god. Now here's the thing. He's like the main character with James Marsden and Jim Carrey, right? Oh my god. It's, it's set for release November 8th. Yeah. How are you going to change it significantly? You, you, you can't. won't. Like it, 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 unless you push your date back, which is going to fuck it up anyway. Yeah. Uh, but... I mean, that's watch that trailer. If you ever get, if you got ten, two minutes of your life, you just want to waste away and just like you know, say fuck it. You know, I wasn't going to use it anyway. Uh, it looks so bad, and like Jim Carrey's been like on a fucking run, like doing some cool shit, like that show. See, like, that's that's the part of it that I can't figure out. I'm yeah. not even thinking about the goddamn hedgehog. I'm no, like, what is Jim Carrey doing here? A, a paycheck. Uh, I mean, yeah, obviously. I mean, he probably needs some money because of you know all the trouble he's having. Something these yeah. days. Um, <laughs> but, but I mean, wow, it just. It, it's like Jim Carrey from the Mask days. Is Jim yeah. Carrey from like Ace Ventura? It's like, dude, you grew out of this shit twenty years ago. What are you doing? Like, you know, like I, if it's a lot of zeros on that check, I totally get it. Yeah, but like, but, don't try to say you saw the yeah. script and go, mm-hmm, yeah. I was gonna say, why don't you do that? But pick a quality <laughs> product. You know, pick a good role. Well, and we'll get to uh, towards the end of this, but uh, I just saw uh, the, was it Pokemon Detective Pikachu? Mm-hmm. One of my questions to all three of the actors were or was, uh, you know. If we if we're gonna be honest with each other, the world and the history of video games being put into movies has not been good. Like the, you yeah. know, and Ryan Reynolds actually said it's been a rocky road, you yeah. know, and it has. It like, really and has. So, and, but I will say when we get to Pikachu, well, like, let's do it now. Sure. So I mean, it it, it works, and it and and I'll I have to quote because Ryan Reynolds put it so perfectly. He's he's witty. He's handsome. Now he's fucking smart. Son of a bitch. I know it. And so um. All right, well, let's, like, let's dive in. Detective Pikachu review. Sure. So, I mean, so basically your story here is uh, Justice Smith plays this kid. He's, he's estranged from his father. Uh, you know, he's... But the first thing we see is that he's with his friend in this field, and he's like, what are we doing here? He's like, it's, it's over there like that, and there's a fucking Pokemon just hopping around, you know? And he mm-hmm. goes, go get him. You need one. Like, because apparently every human has a Pokemon sidekick, you know? Oh, okay. So he's like, I, I really don't want one. I'm like, I'm fine like that. And he goes, just go get him like that. And so he takes the fucking ball and chucks it. And just so you know, if I'm missing up the terms, I apologize. I'm not, I've never been a Pokemon guy. Yeah. Just never had it. Never hated it. Just never got into it. It's the Pokeballs, I think they're called. Sure. Right. <laughs> the red and white things. Yeah, that's how you catch them. And so he throws it, and it fucks up, and then there's a little you know funniness ensues. But he finds out that his dad, who was a cop, in uh in the main city out you know he lives on the outskirts mm-hmm. uh has been uh killed oh. and they don't know how you All know right. so you know he basically wants to solve the murder of his dad you know, what happened and so um out of nowhere Pikachu comes up with the voice of Ryan Reynolds and he starts talking to him well the thing is that Pokemon cannot talk to humans they, they say they say th- they say their names basically say their own names yeah. and then they but they can feel what the humans feeling so Squirtle like, Squirtle Squirtle exactly is that, all you hear but then yeah. when he runs into him in his dad's like uh, office I believe like, like in the middle of the night with a flashlight and whatnot all of a sudden he's like the kid's like oh what the hell and he's like oh it's a Pikachu and like then and then all of a sudden you hear Ryan Reynolds voice like oh, God I have to deal with this little bastard kind of thing, <laughs> you know and he's like okay he's like if you don't stop messing with me I'm gonna electrocute you like that you know and the kid's like are you talking and then so they can communicate with each other. So they become a detective and sidekick team, 
to de- you know uh, solve the kids uh, the murder of his father. Okay, and the, the detective part of Detective Pikachu. Yeah, and uh, and the, this girl shows up played by Catherine Newton. You'll hear her later too. And she's this journalist that's uh, with an unpaid internship at basically a CNN type place, mm-hmm. and she wants to solve the case too. So they go on an adventure. The reason what I go back to about saying what Ryan Reynolds had said about this, because I said, you know, we know the history of these movies are basically fucking terrible, you know, like Double Dragon, Super Mario Brothers, Street Fighter. It never works, you know, and whether it's they try too hard to get into it where there's no plot or anything, or they like take it like Sonic or something, and they just remove everything you loved about that character and or franchise, and it has nothing to really fucking do with it anymore, and then, you know, they expect you to like it, which they're not, you know, that's not what we fell in love with. What I have heard from, well, I've read some, and I, and I heard people that were at the screening that I went to, people who are into Pokemon are in love with this because they embrace what the Pokemon are. They do have Pokemon fights and stuff like that, but they just, but what Ryan had said, he goes, yeah, I love it. Um, I swear you can just hear it later. I'll repeat it myself. But he says, he goes, like the movie or Field of Dreams, would you consider that a baseball movie? And I'm like, no, it's not. It has baseball in it, but it's about a, you know, a family relationship kind of thing. He goes, that's what I saw about this. It's a detective story. He goes, in my mind, I said, if you took everything Pokemon out of this, would it still work? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd just be a, a kid trying to solve the murder of his father, you know? And so that's what this is. Like, it's funny. Like, you know, is it perfect? No. You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of corny at parts and whatnot. But it, I mean, I found myself enjoying it a lot more than I ever thought I would That since I was not a Pokemon fan. But I think people are really going to dig it. I hope it doesn't get completely overshadowed because I thought uh, that it might do, hit Endgame a little bit hard, but the fact that Endgame's still doing so well, I think Endgame's fine. I think I think they're just going to kind of soar, but I think I think this will do well uh, in uh, in Asian countries, you know, just because like that's where it's a fucking phenomenon out there. Like mm-hmm. uh, that's what he said in the interview too. He's like, I didn't realize how big this really is because because really they op- they opened it a week earlier. Oh, have in, they already in uh, in Japan? I believe probably. I thought I saw pictures of him. Well, they were doing uh, junkets out there. They ah. did. They did a whole junket out in in Tokyo ah. for a few days. Okay, that's what I saw. And that's right. On a side note, I feel like you always like wonder, like you know, sometimes if it's a celebrity or an interview is off their game, they were just in Tokyo. They probably had a few days off. Maybe, probably not. That's just where I know they were. And then they were in New York. And the very next day, they went to Peru. Wow. <laughs> I think it was Peru. <laughs> so it's just like Jesus. <laughs> um, so yeah. So it it works. It's fun. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, so I'm probably about. Two and a half, three stars. Three stars? Take. Yeah, give or take. I'd say you three. Yeah, why not? That's, you know, that's, well, how that's... about this? Three stars because they actually made a good fucking video game movie. There you go. I'm sorry. See, I was getting I was getting a three star from you. Let's so. do it. All right. <laughs> so uh, all right, then Tolkien. Tolkien. Which is about uh J.R.R. Tolkien. J.R.R. for Tolkien. John Really, Really Tolkien. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cause there's a whole scene about how you say Tolkien. But I say Tolkien. This is how yeah. it's gonna work. Um so yeah, it's just it is this is why you uh, if you saw my post, I was in London and went out there. For uh, Fox Searchlight's uh, Tolkien biopic about J.R. Tolkien, and um, and it's just it's basically how he was inspired. You know who he's inspired with. He, uh, uh, I want to say his wife's name was Edith, if I remember right. Could be completely blanking that, but it's played by Lily Collins. And then it's like the it's a brotherhood of who he, he formed with his friends, and they would you know each one kind of had their own passions, whether it's music, art, poems, you know that kind of stuff. That sounds familiar. Sounds like a fellowship. Yeah, <laughs> so that's exactly what he calls it. Yeah, uh, you know, and they would. Uh, go to you know go to this you know coffee tea place and sit there and you know shoot the shit and whatnot and then um, one part they didn't get into is a little bit later in his life apparently he went to a different place that I got to because while we were in London you could stay an extra day if you wanted to why wouldn't you yeah uh, and go they t- we took a train from London to Oxford 
Oh. And went around on an Oxford tour and just saw all these like locations, like the Tolkien table where he sat and like wrote parts of Lord of the Rings. Uh, different colleges in Oxford, just the library system out there. It's phenomenal. If you ever get a chance, it's so cool. Uh, but we went to one of, this, one of this place where he sat with C.S. Lewis because they were friends. Oh. And, and when he was sitting there writing Lord of the Rings stuff and he's sitting there writing, um, oh God, now the Lion, the Witch, and the, ro- the Wardrobe, like the, mm. all that kind of stuff, the Narnia stuff, <laughs> which I always laugh at because someone was talking about it. It's like, oh, I love this scene with the lion. I'm like, give me the one where he's like, in, in your world, I'm known as somebody different. I'm like, it's Jesus, okay? We all know it's Jesus. <laughs> Just say Jesus. Um, but no, it's it's fun. I will say, you know, it's you, going. You have to go and knowing this, and most biopics are this way. It's not an action movie, all right. It's not Lord of the Rings. Yeah. It's not. You know, it's a talkie, you yeah. know. And so, uh, it's so about you, a writer. Yeah, exactly. Unless you know? it's Hunter Thompson. It's not going to be interesting yeah. or action filled. I mean, <laughs> exactly. There it won't are, be action filled. There is a great World War uh, One scene. Maybe Hemingway, but that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, but uh, and I, I don't think he even said it. Uh, Nicholas Holt plays uh, yes. Tolkien. Tolkien, and so uh, so he plays. If you don't know him, he was in, he's Beast and all the X Men movies. Mm-hmm. He, so he's got what uh, Dark Phoenix coming out soon. Yeah. Uh, so he's in it. He's good. Uh, the the cast is great. You know, I, I will say like. When we were watching it, I, I did see, you know, if I'm going to be completely honest here, people were kind of nodding off a little bit. Yeah. But you, it's a kind of movie you don't want to show people when they just flew 10 hours to, like, be yeah. here and then, like, had a few hours to sit in a hotel room. Yeah. Hopefully not pass out. So, but, you know, in a normal circumstance, I think you'll be all right. I, I'm probably at two and a half on that one, too. Yeah. Like, it's good. You know, I think, I think you need to be a, a rings nerd. You have to be a rings nerd, and and I wouldn't say you didn't have to rush out to the theater. There's no yeah. real reason to see it on the big screen, but there are cool sh- uh, scenes. Basically, he's got, uh, they called it trench fever. When he was in this, you know, in this war, mm-hmm. and uh, he starts having visions of like, like was it the race, like going, like smoke, like going around, like you know, oh. murdering people, and then like fucking guys with giant swords and murdering shit, and then this explosion comes up, and the fucking Sauron comes out, and you're like, what the fuck? Mm, okay, I'm like, so we can all think of Lord of the Rings to uh, fever, PTSD, and, yeah. and maybe drugs, maybe. <laughs> all so, right, thank you, drugs, yeah. <laughs> right? So. Yeah, it's good. Check, if, you're, if, you're, if you're a Lord of the Rings fan, check it out. So Stephen it. Colbert will love this. Well, did you already see what he's doing? Oh, is he? I think it's May, what are we on now? May 5th right now to record this? This so, will be released on like, the 5th. It will come out the 5th, so I think it's either the 6th or the 7th. Uh, Fandango, you can probably find tickets still, is doing a live event. You can go see Tolkien early, and then at the end of it, he's going to... Uh, Stephen Colbert is going to do a 30-minute live Q&A with the cast. Perfect. And they're going to stream it to the theaters that are playing it. Oh, perfect. So, yeah. Now, so, see, if you're a Rings nerd, that's right up your alley. Yeah. you got to love that. I was hoping Colbert would be on this junket or something. <laughs> they should have. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So, there you go. What do you think? Two and a half for Tolkien. Then. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, all right. Let's. Uh, oh, before we get back to the episode, a couple of things. I uh, want to thank, uh, let's see, is it uh, Tina's Hallmark? Tina's Hallmark Oh. in uh, Bountiful. Uh, for getting me this, uh, it is the uh, the Medal of Yavin. Nice, uh, you know the medal that they present everyone at the end of a, whoa, new, whoa. a new Hope. Not everyone. Well, Chewie did get his. <laughs> it's in a comic book. I saw. Yeah. And then he gave it away. Oh, did he? In the comic book. Well, that's what Chewie does. Because that's what he does. But uh, so very. Thank you for this. It's uh, it's a it's it's a it's supposed to be a Christmas tree ornament, but it's 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 solid metal. It's it's going to break your Christmas tree branch. But very good. It's sturdy tree. So I'm just going to get a you know a band to wear so I can wear it around. Yeah. You know. Put it on your jacket like a like a metal like a war medal. Oh, that's perfect. That's exactly <laughs> what I'll do with it. All right. So there's that. So thank you to Tina's Hallmark and Battle. I awesome. appreciate that. And uh, also. Um, because uh, some of you who follow me on like Twitter and such know that I just redid my backyard. 
Oh, yeah, I've been seeing it. It looks good. And so Sue and I have been purposely staying off of social. We're, we're doing social media to tell you that we're staying off of social media <laughs> because we're spending all of our time out on the uh, patio. Sure. Uh, my, well, she still is on social media out on the patio. Me, I'm taking that time to catch up on that stack of comic books that I, I haven't know. gotten to. So just real quick, uh, run to your uh, comic book store or go to your Marvel app and look for Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man number 310. Nice. Uh, it's, it's, you know, if you don't read Spider-Man, it's uh, written by Chip Zdarsky. If you don't read Spider-Man, this is a nice little standalone story and it's very touching. Very nice. nice. And it'll remind you why maybe you should be reading Spider-Man. Uh, but it's it's a very nice issue. So so look at that one. I'm not going to tell you about it because I want it to be a surprise. <laughs> and then uh, Brian Michael Bendis just uh, a while ago started up Scarlet again. And uh, as you know, I like politics in my sci-fi. <laughs> sure. So, <clears throat> so, uh, so pick that up and start reading it. I've uh, I've just got a few issues here, but boy, it's so good. That's cool. And it's about the revolution here in America. All right. If we took it to its extreme. (laughs) All right. So anyway, yeah, pick those up. Nice. All right. Uh, Let's see. So let's get back to the episode Coldemort and stay till the end for interviews with the stars of Tolkien and Detective Pikachu. Please to enjoy. Booze Teak, a wine and cocktail accessory emporium featuring geeky wine, cocktail, and barware for concocting your favorite genre drinks. You'll love the Stormtrooper decanter, Chewbacca can cozies, Star Wars ice molds, Captain America pint glasses, Doctor Who sonic screwdriver, and Harley Quinn bottle openers. Plus more traditional accessories for entertaining, like Kentucky Derby mint juleps, Mother's Day gifts, and tiki libation essentials. Open 11-ish to 7 p.m. Monday through Saturday at 315 East Broadway. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast on the left. <laughs> last podcast on the left barrels headlong into all things horror as hosts Ben Kissel, Marcus Parks, and Henry Zabrowski cover dark subjects spanning Jeffrey Dahmer, werewolves, iconic hauntings, the history of war crimes, and more. Last podcast on the left laughs into the abyss that is the dark side of humanity. Now is your chance to see the podcast live. Last podcast on the left is coming to Eccles Theater downtown Salt Lake on May 19th. Tickets at liveattheeckles.com. Hi, this is Carrie, and I'm here with my wife, Sue. Hi. I'm so proud of her. She started her own business doing what she loves. Tell us about my workout buddy. I believe that working out with someone will keep you motivated and accountable to your fitness goals, so I'm your workout buddy. I will meet you at your Salt Lake County gym or rec center for a 60-minute workout session. If motivation won't get you to the gym, my workout buddy will. So you will come to my gym? Yes. The more you know about your own gym's equipment, the less time you'll waste trying to figure out a routine. I think it helps build confidence and competency, and that makes going to the gym more enjoyable. But you're not my personal trainer. Well, I'm a a certified trainer, but this is not a personal trainer service. So what do you do? I am actually going to work out with you. I'll do cardio, weights, group classes, whatever you want to do. I will help you with options to make exercises effective and help you towards any fitness goals you may have. That's a great idea. How do people start? Well, message me on Facebook at my Workout Buddy SLC or email me, my workout buddy SLC at iCloud.com. One session is $20. If you cancel an appointment less than 12 hours before the start time, there is a $10 cancellation fee. And why is that? That's motivation and accountability. And if you tell Sue Geek Show says hey, you'll get half off of your first session, my workout buddy SLC. 
And we're back. How wow, that? Jesus. Isn't that amazing? That was we were quick, not in it? the void that long. No, we were not. Time, time stops here in this empty payless. Okay. <laughs> I think this was a payless. This was a payless. Yeah. I can, oh, wow. I can smell it. A Radio Shack? Oh, it's been a payless, too. Yeah. I also used to <laughs> work in This store has toys. been many a thing. This was the third building erected in the Salt Lake Valley. <laughs> He's 1847. That's absolutely they true. They said, okay, downtown we need a Zion's Mercantile, and out there in uh, yonder, Yonderville, over the other side in of... In the Shadowlands. The other side of that redwood picket fence, let's <laughs> build a thing called the Valley Fair Mall. Where Everything the light, the light touch. touches. And the first thing, <laughs> yeah. the first thing was... Ye old Payless. Oh, it was, uh, that was Cobble Bo- shop. That was Beauregard von Payless. He opened it right here on this location. Yeah. It was so old, the chess king actually sold chess boards and pieces. That's well, how. And he was a king. Yeah. He was exiled from Romania. And much like the game peddler was a true peddler, yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he'd walk into the game game and he'd just be sitting there on his throne. No! Oh, this is bullshit! <laughs> Ever since I was exiled from Romania, I've been forced to sell... Adam Ant style jackets. <laughs> sounds like, sounds like he's in the End Game. If you're yeah! sweaters, I'm sick of selling these sweaters that are that look like swatch watches. I hate them. <laughs> Who would have ever thought this year's bestseller would be a long sleeved bear midriff cardigan with a turtle ruff? This is the next thirty minutes of the what show. The Thank fuck you. Are these <laughs> is this, is this anthropomorphizing <laughs> like well, mall and, stores? And welcome to it, uh, Rebecca. I've got yeah. something for your birthday. Somebody's oh got my god! Oh goodness! I Carrie. got. I got these. These. This is the. This is. Uh, I think it's available now. This is by Pablo Hidalgo. Oh my god! Oh. Creatures versus aliens. It's a kids' book, so you oh can give god. it to one of your many grandchildren. Oh, I'm gonna learn how to read. Jeez, Just for this. Exciting. And, Sound uh, it out. Break, break <laughs> up the big words. And you've got, and what it is is you you open it up, and they they have stats for each character, and so you do Wookie, and there's the stats for Chewbacca, and then there's the Sarlacc pit, and then there's the stats for that. That's a really one sided fight. It really well. Here's the thing: they don't tell you who would win. Hmm. They leave it up to you and oh. your imagination. What? But fun. it has sounds. It it does sounds. So if you. So if you, let me turn it over here. I don't know if you can hear that. Where's the speaker? Oh, I can hear it. There's the in my heart. Uh, come on, Sarlacc pit. <laughs> like, yeah, does the Sarlacc, Sarlacc pit have a sound? It doesn't make any noise. It, just... it does. It has a kind of a grumbly sound. Yeah, like, yeah, like my like Kari's tummy. tummy right? <laughs> <laughs> it's got Boba Fett that's going, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I do eat men for a this living. This is terrible. <laughs> All right, here's the sand people. Maybe you can hit can you hear that? Yes. No. So there's the sand people. Sand people versus... This is odd. This is an odd pairing. Sand in what universe? A, I know, right? So anyway, there's that. Yeah, because tauntauns oh, get you. really sluggish in hot weather. I was going to say. And then there's this one. This is really kind of cool. This is the Millennium Falcon 3D Owner's Guide. <gasps> now, do you see that in there? Every time you open a page, it peels a level off of the Falcon. Oh, my God. I had a book like that, but it was the human anatomy. Yeah. But, yeah. It's like, but this is, like, way better. But that's, like, photorealistic. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's awesome. Like, so it's like, here's the propulsion, and it takes you to the propulsion area. Defenses. There's piloting. There's the crew quarters. And every page you pull, it's a different level. That's oh, incredible. So isn't that Rebecca? Nice. Oh my god. So I like go. coming on your show. I get presents it every got time. Lost. <laughs> <laughs> what you. happened to it? Damn, that's cool. It's gone. All right. I you should know those are uh, review copies. I didn't pay for them. 
We know. It's a thought. What? Curry. <laughs> Curry. She just starts lighting them on fire. <laughs> I don't want your pity presents, Carrie. <laughs> Whatever. The children's book is pretty clutch, yeah, right? Pretty sick. It's Although pretty your sick. cat is missing an arm and won't be able to turn the pages. So. That's true. You know, it's funny, though, because if, yeah, if you go to his house on your birthday, he'll just let you rummage around in his prize closet. That's true. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's true. I got a scarf once. Yeah. It was the wrong closet. Uh, let's see. Our. <laughs> I need that back, by the way. <laughs> I love it. I know. Uh, it's just winter is coming, and I'm. Winter already came. It's here, dude. Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh shit! All right. Uh, are we okay talking about Joss Whedon? Sure. I don't know, man. He's been making me mad lately. What, what has he done? <laughs> he's just done. He's just tweeting. He just stupid He shit. just exists. And listen, I love I love my Twitter name so much that I can't ever change it. But every time I think about changing it, I'm like. It's such a good name, though. That's the problem. Joss is Whedon? Joss Whedon yeah. should be behaving himself so Rebecca can keep that yeah. name yeah. specifically. Me, specific. But my favorite thing, my favorite thing about having Joss Whedon as my Twitter name is, I will occasionally get a fan tweeting at me asking me like questions about Marvel or like <laughs> asking me about Buffy, and I'm like, I don't know, dude. I guess we're both blonde. <laughs> <laughs> so you gonna do more Buffy? Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, anyway, so Joss Whedon has a has a new job. He's got a uh, an HBO TV series that mm. he is doing. Uh, he has cast uh, Laura Donnelly from Outlander to star in The Nevers, his new project, about a group of supernaturally powered Victorian women. Of course. Tasked with reckoning not just their own strange powers, but a dangerous mission that could change the world. Yeah, it sounds Why pretty Why can't Joss Whedon just leave women alone? <laughs> He's like our weird puppeteer where he's like, dance for me, River Tam. And you're like, stop. He's like, she's already dead. I saw this description for like the new Joker. Like the new Joker is that guy at your office that will comment on your Instagram photos from 2014 saying beautiful and hard eyes. And that's like, I feel like that's the type of person Joss Whedon is. It's become that too. He used to be so like, he kept, you know, he was subverting the times. He was a step ahead. And now he's like steps behind progress. Like he's starting to slowly, I think, because I saw a tweet from him like two days ago and I was like, shut up where he was like I think he was making fun of people who were upset about spoilers honestly really like it was something really out of touch I'm trying to pull it up but the the reception in this decommissioned payless is not very good <laughs> but I'll pull it up they and then I'll plan for cell phones <laughs> of the future <laughs> cell phones but he said something really out of touch and it's just been like a series of those like unapologetic out of touch things that he's been saying like and i i'm a joss whedon stan i worship at the golden idol of joss whedon i love i love firefly it's one of my favorite things in the entire world but for some reason his personality you know what it is it's never meet your heroes that's what it is is that i saw his behavior on twitter and i started to hate him and i just never never meet your heroes never follow your your heroes on twitter ever yes Shannon? Huh? What? <laughs> oh, you had your hand up like you were going to talk. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was just thinking about therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Not Buffy sorry. the Vampire Slayer. All right, sorry. I was like, I hope I don't get fatter again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, while we're speaking about uh, uh, women. Hashtag <laughs> <laughs> relatable. This is, this is what the next... Uh, finally, our time has come. segue, boss. Our time has come. Right here, right? Rebecca. <laughs> uh, <laughs> made it. The next Walking Dead spinoff will star Ow. two women... As first-generation zombie slayers. Yeah, everybody is first-generation zombie slayers right. in that show. Yeah. Or, or, or you're dead, right? Yeah. Or you're <laughs> dead. Those are the options. Yeah, you're come back when you're doing Walking Dead 2099. I'll watch that shit. 
They're like, I'm a fourth generation zombie slayer. When zombies like are like my... running the bar. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Everywhere you go, it's like zombie Payless, <laughs> zombie Valley. For... Oh, Jesus. Oh, too late. oh God. Zombie train. Zombies riding that little train that yeah. keeps going by. Has anybody, ever, has anybody ever been hurt by that train? Do you guys have any good stories that about the train, train mauling somebody? That train wasn't here. That wasn't there? No. That train's been gone for 40 years. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. That train never existed. <laughs> <laughs> that was a ghost train. No, I mean, seriously, if there's only one thing I can tell you about Valley Fair Mall in the 80s is that we all rolled roller skates and we had spiked baseball bats. Oh, so, yeah, okay. It's like Return to Oz. It's then. like a post-apocalyptic... Oh, it was pre-apocalyptic. I, I think that <laughs> we were just getting ready. I think that Hammond Toys was a hallmark where I bought all my Smurf PVCs. Right, and your uh, your Bloom County T-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love Smurfs. Yeah. Like I loved the Smurfs when I was a kid. Sure. Really? Yeah. All right. What's well, weird? Used to, I, used to, I used to I used to bring them to school in a Hot Wheels case to look cool, but then be like. They're fucking Smurfs. I feel bad for you for the first time. I just picture it, it falls open and Smurfs start raining out. Oh, no, 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 no. No, it's kind of weird because I remember that when he was in 11th grade. He always had his Smurfs out on the table in front of him in home ec. I still have them on display. I don't no, know where they're No at wonder there. you got beat up. I uh, got beat up. My charm. I charm my way the, out of uh, What's this one, Shannon? Oh, it's ADHD Smurf. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Too soon? Yikes. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, this uh, show will feature two young female protagonists and focus on the first generation to come of age in the apocalypse as we know it. Oh, so they're going to be, like, younger. Yeah, so they're younger. Like six. So, like, that baby that was born. It's yeah. now not a baby. Walking dead babies. <laughs> Jim like, Henson's. Like Muppet babies, but, like, walking dead. Yeah. Yes. yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. Oh, here, this is fun. Uh, so, a few weeks ago was the... As we record this, a few weeks ago was the premiere of the Avengers Endgame movie. Whoa, Seems so it. long it's been, ago. It's been so long. I know, right? I never heard of her. We all moved on. <laughs> there was a premiere on uh, the Monday in Los Angeles. And uh, did you notice that, uh, uh, let's see, uh, Spider-Man wasn't there? Tom Holland was not there? He's not allowed to go to stuff. <laughs> He's grounded. Is he grounded? Because he, he, he'll just up. tell everything. He didn't get the final script. He like is not allowed to go to stuff because he'll give it away. He they gives actually, away the farm. They actually gave him scripts where only his dialogue was on it, and all the other dialogue on it was from different movies, so that he wouldn't know what was going on. <laughs> because he won't. He won't. You could ask him any question about any movie he's in. He'll tell you everything. Gus, Chris, this is a great line about uh, sharks having a doll's eyes. That's a great line you've got there. Apparently, we get a boat because it says we need a bigger boat. <laughs> Why does this guy ask me what my elf eyes see? I just don't get it. <laughs> well, he was not there because he was working on a movie that was uh, doing some expensive reshoots, Doug Lyman's Chaos Walking, a movie that is in such rough shape it's reportedly unreleasable <laughs> at this time. So Dark Phoenix. Maybe. New Mutants. Uh, <laughs> it's one of these uh, you know, uh, books like a uh, Hunger Games type book. Uh, the company is having to spend millions of dollars more. They've already in $100 million and they need to spend millions more. Employees told the Wall Street Journal that the film has turned out so poorly it was deemed unreleasable by executives who watched additional cuts last year. So he was, he, that's where he was. He was shooting more footage for this movie because it's... More a, unreleasable more footage. More unreleasable footage. Uh, he's starring with Daisy Ridley, so that's unfortunate. Poor charismatic kids in their lousy movies. I know, yeah. right? Poor millionaire kids. Uh, let's see. Oh, the Invisible Man movie. There. They found him? <laughs> they were just, they walked around throwing a sheet around. <laughs> uh, Elizabeth Moss has confirmed that she is in the Invisible Man movie. 
Is she the Invisible Man? But she's not the Invisible oh, Man. That's too bad. I was looking for the to the Invisible right, Woman. Yeah. The Invisible Woman. She says, "I haven't gotten into what I'm allowed to say yet. I'm pretty sure I can say that I'm not the Invisible Man. That cool. would be weird. Cool interview, Elizabeth. <laughs> it's a little bit of a different take on it. Part of the reason why I wanted to do it is it's actually felt like it was a really feminist story, a female empowerment and a victim kind of overcoming something." I don't even know what I'm allowed to say about it. I'm not the invisible man, but there is an invisible man. So, she, you would hope so. so she's not the invisible man because she's the invisible woman. That's I, what I bet that's what she's dancing around. So there's out. two invisible people that are in this movie. The invisible they. The invisible they, that's what The invisible them. The invisible us. <laughs> A love story. Uh, and let's see. Uh, I like the way this headline was written. I think it was from IO9. Okay, there's going to be a Tomb Raider sequel? Sure, okay. Uh, Why? I don't... Is Yui Bull directing it? Because I'll watch it just to watch it. It's a <laughs> drinking game. <laughs> there's a Yui Bull drinking game? Yeah, oh, I have tell so me. many things to show you. Oh, tell yeah, me. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty much anything, like uh, misinterpreting a monster, trying to make a monster sexy. Like, it's, it's good, I promise. It's okay. got so many good squares. And you will be so messed up by the time you... Would, yeah. you, would you create this? And no, it already exists. It exists. Yeah, we'll do it. Okay. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, so Alicia Vikander coming back. and uh, I mean, it wasn't a bad movie. It just wasn't memorable. It was so bad. I just remember her upper body strength. That's literally the only thing I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca, I want to climb all the things now. <laughs> I just remember, like, I played Tomb Raider, and I, like one of the side quests is, like, you, you raid a tomb, and then it's, like, Tomb Raided. And I was like, oh, I beat the game. That's the game. You're done. Go home. <laughs> that was the title, and I did it. Go home and sell your shit. That's I'm just tired of done. adaptations of things. I don't know. I don't need any more Tomb Raider movies. We have, like, what, six of them now? Three. No, three. no, a hundred, five, seven. <laughs> you're it just, feels like forever. You're just saying numbers now. Uh, let's see. This is uh, we're going to wrap things up here. This is a letter from our friend uh, Lang. Uh, thanks for your podcast. Hope that you and you and the family are doing good uh, while washing up some monkey shelters this week. Oh, that guy. Yeah, I think I came up with a great question for the panel. That's great. Just before Endgame. Uh, what's your, and and I'm going to expand this because he specifically says, what's your favorite fight or battle scene in the MCU? He says, my two would have to be the Hulkbuster versus Hulk in Age of Ultron, uh, second cap, Bucky, end of Winter Soldier. But I'm going to expand it to your favorite memory of the MCU, knowing we can't talk about Endgame. Because because I know that most of your favorite ones are in Endgame, but we can't do that. So who wants to start? I will say my favorite fight is between Captain America and Batrock the Leaper. <laughs> it's a good fight. It's a really good fight. Yeah, I mean, if only they'd had the outrageous accent, it would have been like yeah. 11 out of 10 instead oh. of just 10 out of 10. You missed that... Uh... No, he should have yelled, Zelip, whenever he <laughs> jumped, because that's what he does. But no, he was cool. It was like real-world Batrock. Anybody else? Uh, mine is... One of my favorites is uh, <laughs> Ant-Man and Yellow Jacket in his kid's... Uh, in his kid's room. Oh. Yeah. I got just fantastic. Oh, with the, with the train? Yeah, with Thomas the Tank Engine. Yeah. <laughs> that one's very good. Mine's the, uh, the, the fight between Cap and Iron Man and the Winter Soldier at the end of Civil War, mm-hmm. where they're all just beating the crap out of each other, and they're flipping the shield back and forth between each other so they can ring Tony's bell over and over and over again. <laughs> that guy's an asshole. I'm not, I'm not going to say what it is in Endgame, but there's a scene where I leaned over to my friend and I said, I'm having a wet dream. 
and I'll leave it up to you to guess okay, which one to, it is. You're going to have to tell it me It could later. literally be anything in the movie. It could be anything. Now, there's one scene in particular that I was like, this is made for Rebecca Frost exclusively. Oh, I actually, I actually had Endgame spoiled for me in its entirety, but it's not a thing that I hate. I don't mind spoilers. I don't like being emotionally surprised because the breadth of my emotions is very exhausting. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it'd be really hard for me to pick now, like, retroactively a moment because I don't specifically know how the movie, you know what I mean? Like, I don't exactly know how the movie goes, but I know the specific cataclysmic parts of it. Mm-hmm. No, but like, so, what's your favorite like fight scene in the whole MCU? Oh, in the whole of MCU. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't really like fight scenes. Sorry, guys. Well, how about favorite <laughs> scene? Um, I love in the very first Iron Man movie when he yells, Tony Stark did it in a cave with a with box, a box of, scraps. of scraps. And it's one of the funniest things. I, I, I probably didn't, but I like to pretend that I'm so extremely on the internet that I created that meme because I did make like a hundred of them because I thought it was the funniest thing. I spread them across live journal. I thought it was the funniest thing I'd ever heard. Mm. And it to this day still makes me cackle. So <laughs> She was 14. She I was. was. Yeah, I actually had Tony Stark as my profile picture when that movie came out for a year. <laughs> Everyone thought I was Robert Downey Jr. That is adorable. Yeah. Uh, for me, probably any scene with Peggy and Steve. Yeah, I feel that. Any scene. I feel that in my bones. And uh, end of Guardians 2. Oh, God. Rocket with a tear looking out into space, contemplating whether there's a god. Oh, I think in a past life you are Rocket, Carrie. I'm just going to say it. I think I am. I, I really was. think you probably are. I love that goddamn <laughs> raccoon. He's, He's a, a rabbit. Deeply existential. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listen, we want to thank Wasatch Comic Con for having us. we got, we got to clean up, make room for the, for the next uh, For the next, next Radio panel. Shack to come through. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, encourage, uh, stop by the Nerd Store and thank those guys for helping to make Wasatch Comic Con happen. Stop out and say hi to the artists. Our friend Chad is out there, Chad Harden. Uh-huh. Uh, go say hi to him. Thank them for everything that they've done because, I mean, we've been reading comics since we were eight years old. And it's, it's, boy, it's had its effect on us. So we should go out and thank those people who have had their effect on us. They're all out in the uh, area. Yeah? Yes, oh, I believe the next panel is the Savage Eroticism of Build-A-Bear Workshop. Is that? Oh. Yeah. Savage Eroticism? No, I may yeah. want to stay for that Something, one, yeah. something, There's stuffing, huge something. Yeah. There are still one of those Halloween pop-up stores in here next. <laughs> Well, I know our audience. They're going to want to see that panel. Anyway, thank you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you guys. Uh, oh, wait. Oh. Valley Fair Malmore Ham. Oh, thank you. All right. You stayed till the end for the star power. Woo. Jimmy Martin's celebrity interviews. And we'll start with Tolkien. Did some traveling for this one. This one is in London, right? Yeah, it was in London. Have but, you been to Forbidden Planet yet? Yeah. I went there the first time I went. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool place. Great comic book store. Yeah, I went there three years ago for The Hobbit, The yeah. Battle of the Five Armies, and speaking of which, <laughs> for this one, it's Tolkien. So <laughs> you can only bring me out when it has something to do with Lord of the Rings. All right, so uh, let's start with uh, the three kids. So this is the three kids, like I said uh, earlier in the episode, so he had a, like a fellowship, friends, that you know he mm-hmm. became, you know, they would meet together. One kid was passionate about music, then one about art, poems, and then Tolkien obviously was, I guess he was into writing a little bit. Uh, so, but they, they met up. I'll just say this. When they tell you about your room setups, they always say like, okay, we have three actors. He always, we always ask who's paired. Is anybody paired or are they all mm-hmm. solo and stuff like that? And it's a, sometimes it's the weirdest pairings, but when they tell you that there's three people in a room, write two questions. Cause that's all you that's pretty all much get. That's all you're going to get. Cause they just, they've been all day fucking with each other. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's like, why not? 
So, uh, so this is his uh, to- uh, Tolkien's Fellowship. You've got Patrick Gibson, you've got Anthony Boyle, and you've got Tom Glenn Carney. Here you go. It's nice to meet all three of you. Um, for your role in this one, like, what was one fact about each one of your characters that you found out? Uh, Christopher was a um, very intelligent person who was uh, very gifted in composing music. He was a, a linguist, spoke numerous languages, uh, a mathematician. <laughs> and was able to deal with idiots on either side of it. I'm still laughing at the Jimmy thing. I'm sorry. Man. We can do it again if you want. You're good. No, it's been done. <laughs> Go again. It was I the think Jimmy I, thing, man. That was just funny. Sorry. Um, for me, I think Robert Robert Gilson. I didn't know of him, of course, before uh, reading the script, but he was um, he was an incredible painter and um, an artist, and it wasn't something that his dad really wanted him to go into. Um, so it was, I was really interested in in that sort of um, conflict that, that he had with his father. Yeah, um, I didn't know anything about either of these lads um, when we started the project, so it was interesting to you know, dive in and see the different worlds <laughs> in which they existed. I love period pieces and I love set designs, and if you could take one prop off this set and keep it in your collection. The suit. Oh go. my God, the yeah. suits were great. The pocket watch. Oh, yeah. oh that's a good one. That was, that was in the suit, yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. I remember I stepping that. into that Barra's Books set for the first oh, time, God, and it was just, it was so magical. much, yeah, it was, yeah, it's really beautiful. And there's like the bird cages everywhere. Mm. And, and there was the supporting artists as well that sat down to sort of uh, fill, out the, fill out the space. And the way they were dressed, some of the characters, the faces of these people were just right. incredible. Mm. Uh, I think most people are going to probably give the answer of Lord of the Rings in the sense of what you know book is mainly associated with this mm-hmm. film. What book have you read more than any other? Read that Norwegian Wood uh-huh. mm-hmm. comic. Yeah, I've read that a few times. Probably three. I think the book I read the most was um, is the Thousand Autumns of Jacob de Zoe by uh, David Mitchell. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'd be book. Vernon Godlittle by DBC Pierre. A good one. What was your favorite scene of film when you were doing this? The pool scene mm. was really good fun. We were mm. playing billiards. Um, that was that was really fun because it was just chaos. Um, it was just re- it was a really fun vibe on set that evening. And we yeah. lost our minds at that point in the day. Yeah, as well. it, was just, <laughs> it was great. We actually broke a, um, a set of uh, snooker balls at each other. Balls. <laughs> we were throwing them at each other because uh, yeah. I don't know. And then and they collided in the air and went. Yeah. It was beautiful. Was it the big bang? Firework. Yeah. A new universe was created. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it did not go down too yeah. well, did it? It was no. really easy to concentrate on set as well while it was all going on, you know, and give a, give a truthful performance yeah. to it all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the last question I'd like to ask, and I think it tells a lot about a person, what is your go-to karaoke song? <gasps> oh, that's a brilliant question. I've done this recently. And it wasn't I, for me, so it doesn't count. For, <laughs> um, what is it? So it wasn't for me, so it doesn't okay, count. Okay, I thought um, it was Frankie Goes to Hollywood, The Power of Love. Good one. Which mm. is long. Yes. And it's, there's a lot of like instrumentals. Of love. Sorry, you didn't listen to It was intense. It's a good one. Yeah. I think it's got to be Will Young Evergreen, hasn't it? Ooh. Yeah. I did Mustang <laughs> Sally recently. <laughs> that came from. Yeah, that was go crack. For me, anyway, not for anyone else. Long John Sally. How's it go? Mustang Sally. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. How's it go? And I actually ended up having backup singers and everything. Do it. Just give us the first line of it. All you want to do is ride Sally. Good, that they Started loud. Ride. I know, that's usually the way. <laughs> I realized on the first word that I was going to want to absolutely die midway through that. <laughs> Pleasure meeting you guys. Thank you, Jimmy. Jimmy! What a one to end it on.
Ah, kids. <laughs> they were a laughing little bunch. Yes, they were. They were actually giving me shit out in the hallway, too. We were just having fun. They are just like, Jimmy! <laughs> so, All right, let's go to uh, uh, Lily Collins. Lily Collins, yeah. So she uh, plays uh, Tolkien's wife, Edith. Uh, I did get that earlier in the yeah. episode. <laughs> I was a guest. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, up and coming actress, you might know her from certain things here and there. She was in the the immortal uh, was it the immortal bone or was it immortal immortal instruments the mortal instruments that shit series which came and went real quick. Uh, but yeah, so she plays his wife. Uh, here you go. It's an absolute pleasure to meet you. You too. When you're doing a film like this, how, how much preparation work do you go into? Do you start reading books about your character, or do you start reading you know uh, talking to family members and? Um, I, for Edith, unfortunately, there wasn't much research to be, to be done because not many people knew, or not much is to be known about her storyline. Um, so I did whatever I could. Yeah. There were photos that I found of her and Tolkien, but also, like, one specific of her that, uh, was a portrait style, but there was this, like, cheekiness behind <laughs> her eyes that I really associated with. Um, but because there wasn't much about her specifically, I did research on women of the time and yeah. what it would have felt like to be a woman in that social situation and um, she was an orphan and just kind of what she would have been capable of. So being able to try to mold the two of those things together to create a well-rounded person yeah. that I would have loved to have met but unfortunately wasn't able to. <laughs> For the information that was available, even the, the, the period that you looked at, was the most interesting fact that you found out about it? Well, I didn't know she was an orphan. Oh. I, it's, it's so interesting because both she and Tolkien were so... Um, they felt so... I don't know, there was like a, a very old school quality to them. Even though it's a period piece, they do feel very modern, but there was this history between the two of them that felt like a, a, a kindred spirits of sorts right away, and it makes so much sense, the idea that they lived at the same house as orphans together, they would have had that connection right away. And so realizing that, I thought, oh, wow, okay. <laughs> that makes so much more sense now, yeah. in, a, in a way. You mentioned period piece, and this is one of my favorite things to talk about with, with films, uh, are set designs and props. And if Amazing. <laughs> if you could take anything from that set that you, on this one, what would you take? Oh, wow. Um, I I loved that ring that she's playing with in the, uh, the opera scene, yeah. the opera sequence, um, because to me, we were, had all of our little props there to look at. I saw that and thought, oh, that's ironic, it's a ring, why don't we use that? You know, and, 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 and Dome had given us kind of free reign of using whatever it is that we found that we liked. And a lot of those props just spoke to me in such a, in such a way of, they were all quite magical. Yeah. Obviously, you know, the story of the opera and, and his stories were, were similar yeah. and obviously very fantastical. So yeah. a lot of those were, were quite cool. We found out that Tolkien basically has an obsession with language. Mm. Uh, what is an obsession that you have that people wouldn't know about? I love travel. Oh. I'm kind of obsessed with, with traveling, and I get to do it a lot for work, but not necessarily <laughs> for fun. And, and uh, as a kid, I used to travel around with my mom and go to different countries and kind of explore different cultures, and I, I love that so much. And it's something that I definitely have continued to, to love and want to do more of yeah. um, and make a point of, of doing more trips just for learning and for fun. We found out also that uh, Tolkien was impacted by his mother along with uh, the, the father. Um, who impacted your career to where you are today? Well, my, my mom is has been such a huge part of my life and we're very, very close. And I think along the way, just in making decisions about projects that I choose, she's just always been such a sounding board for me. <laughs> uh, in terms of advice or just kind of hearing me out in terms of making decisions and talking about different yeah. characters. And um, I love having her along for the journey to 
see the films and see what she thinks and sometimes travel with her, so it's really nice. And there's one last question I like to ask everybody. I've been doing this for a while now. Uh, what is your go-to karaoke song? Oh my God, um, Spice Girls, <laughs> Wannabe. Perfect. And they're going back on tour, so it's perfect timing. You gotta get your tickets. I, I do, I really do. <laughs> Pleasure meeting you. Nice to meet you too, thank, thank you. you. All right, Lily Collins. Yeah. Uh, now, Nicholas Holtz. Now this kid, it's funny when you really think about what this guy has done, because he started with a movie called About a Boy. Yeah. With Hugh Grant, which is funny. I, when, I, when I read a book, I don't like reading it after I've seen the movie because I just hear, the, I just see the movie in my head. Yeah. I will always quote this movie because I read that book and I said, I, obviously, I didn't know about Nicholas Holt. He was like nine. I don't know how old he was, yeah. but like that. But the two main uh, actors, when I was reading that book, are so Hugh Grant, because you know, who else are you going to get uh, <laughs> in that role? So I was like, you know who played that role? Hugh Grant would be great. But my favorite one was I go, the mom she played by Tony Collette. And, and, and fabulous. And all of a sudden, when, they, when I saw the trailer, yeah. I go, holy shit, I got, that one. I got that one, right? It's perfect casting. So, so Nick Holt is a kid in that movie. He's a kid in that one. Uh, they went up and did Warm Bodies, if you saw that one, with mm -hmm. the zombies. Yeah. But then he's also uh, the Beast in all the X-Men movies, and he's also in Mad Max Fury Road. Yes. He's shiny and chrome. Shiny and chrome. <laughs> so, yeah. You ready? He's a good guy. Nicholas Holt. It's an absolute pleasure to meet you. You too. When you're uh, doing a role like Tolkien, like what is one fact that you found out about him that just blew your mind? Uh, is it, I mean, there was lots of facts that blew my mind because I didn't know anything about him really going into it and, and where his inspirations came from and the relationships behind the, the, his stories. But um, one that surprised me that I didn't expect was that he stole a bus. Um, <laughs> when he was younger in Oxford, stole a bus and got put in prison for that for a little bit. So I was like, oh, that's unexpected. <laughs> Perfect. Rogue. <laughs> uh, you, know, you talk about the preparation. Like, do you... Do you do a lot of preparation work, or do you kind of stick to the script, or how, how deep do you go? It's a, it's a, it's a mix of both. You, you kind of take the script, and then that's the story you're telling, and then try and research as much as possible to pepper in as much fact and, and knowledge you can within that. So it's kind of about as much research and reading biographies alongside his work and watching uh, interviews later on in his life, and then and then ultimately trying to infuse that into the scenes. Obviously, the, the connection most people have with Tolkien is Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. What else would you like people to walk away with after seeing this? I think it, uh, it, that, that love of language that he possessed, which kind of was where his creative spark and where all these stories stemmed from, and, and also these um, these relationships that he, he formed, his own fellowship, um, this safe group of friends that he felt inspired by, and then and then after he lost them during World War One, kind of carried the torch of their creativity after that. Yeah, you've been to the love of language, and I think if anything we learned is that his obsession with language is phenomenal. What is something that you would be obsessed with that people would be surprised to know? I'm obsessed with um, motorcycles. Oh. Uh, yeah, I'm very obsessed with motorcycles, any, I would say. Any particular brand or just all of them? Uh, I, I've, I've ridden a few. I've ridden Indian and Ducati and Triumphs. And nice. yeah, I'm lucky where I've kind of <laughs> got to try a lot of different bikes and different <laughs> varieties of riding, yeah. Also, speaking of Tolkien and Lord of the Rings as well, uh, what is a book that you have read more than any other besides Lord of the Rings? Uh, East of Eden. Oh. Uh, the, the Hobbit I've read a lot. Um, uh, and I'm currently reading Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. Speaking of motorcycles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of a motorcycle journey philosophy book. Yeah. Blended into one. I think you're pretty daring because uh, you've already taken on Marvel fans. You've already taken on Mad Max fans. Now you're about to, you know, engage with Lord of the Rings fans. Are there any ones that you're a little bit nervous about? Or? So far, uh, all the fan fandoms that I've... I mean, I, I see myself also as part of the fandom in a way. <laughs> sure. So I'm kind of, you know, trying to do everyone justice and honor them and, and get everything in that people want in these stories, whether it's this or Mad Max or X-Men or anything else. So, <laughs> um, so far, the responses have been have been very good. So yeah. I, I feel quite lucky. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I love about period pieces are set designs and the props that, you know, embody them. 
if you could take one prop off this set and keep it for your own, what would you keep? Uh, I kept the bandolier from the World War One costume. I did keep that. <laughs> um, but also his notebooks, um, where all the sketches and kind of original sketches and drawings and and, um, and notes were for his stories. I'd like to have kept one of those and I didn't. <laughs> but that would have been a cool thing to have. Sure. And then the one last question I'd like to ask, I think it tells a lot about a person. What is your go-to karaoke song? Oh, you know what? <laughs> the first one, <laughs> I always get ideas way above my station, but I think a safe one is uh, the Beatles, um, Twist and Shout. That's a great one. They, and you know, everyone kind of sings along and when you haven't got a great singing voice like me, it's kind of one where you can kind of shout and let everybody else do it as well. Sure, <laughs> it's passing the blame. Yeah, <laughs> if not, maybe some Elton John. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm still standing. Perfect. Pleasure <laughs> meeting you, man. Thank you. Well, he certainly acted quite a few roles. Yeah, <laughs> a few, dealing with fandoms here and there. Yeah, he's, he's in hard with the fandoms. So there you have it. All right, so let's... Uh, Let's just move on. Let's go right into it. Might as well. All right. Uh, head right into Detective Pikachu. Detective, uh, yeah, Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Uh, this just got back as we record this yesterday from New York. Uh, they had the world premiere uh, carpet, and I say carpet, not red. It was yellow uh, in middle of Times Square. Just shut it down. It was kind of fun being around there, just in the side of these fences. Like where you could see like where the ball drops and all that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty fun. So, uh, but it's three rooms. So we kind of it went by fast too. Uh, so we'll start out with, like I mentioned earlier in the episode, uh, she plays the journalist uh, female sidekick in this one. Her name is Catherine Newton. Uh, she's on an HBO series, I believe, called Big Little Lies. If oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's huge. She, she plays the daughter. Oh, okay. And so here you go. It's an absolute pleasure to meet you. Nice to meet you. So for this one, like, how well-versed were you into the Pokemon universe before jumping into this project? I was a huge fan. Good. I mean, I grew up with it. And my first like day of school, I, I had my Pikachu backpack, my fluffy <laughs> Pikachu backpack. And I think it's come full circle. I've been training for this my whole life. I have Psyduck on my back the entire time. Perfect. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Ryan and I were talking about this, and he said that the we were talking about movies that are based on video games. It's been a rocky road, is how he described it, because usually they don't pan out too well. This one, though, actually works. Right. And I'm curious, when you got that script, what made you want to jump into it, knowing that background? Right, exactly. You're right. It's a video, <laughs> there's a video game, there's anime. You're like, what is this movie? Is it going to be the anime? <laughs> I don't understand. And um, when I read Lucy's character, I was sold. I was like, this girl is, I want to be this girl so bad. She's driven, <laughs> she's funny, and she has Psyduck as her partner. I need to be this character. It was grounded and real. Yeah. That's, and the, the whole story is very real. Like, you know, you take something so so difficult to understand and relate to, and then you put it in a new place, Rhyme City. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a new experience of Pokemon. And I think if you're a fan, I'm a fan, so yeah. it made my like Pokemon dream come true of awesome. like what it would be like to yeah. have Psyduck, <laughs> who I always kind of wanted because I love Misty. So. Yeah. One thing I love about this uh, movie is that you and your co-star Justice uh, talk about uh, jobs that you have that are just terrible. He was you know worse in insurance. You have a, <laughs> yeah. you have an unpaid internship. I know. In your real life, what was one of the worst jobs you ever had before getting to this? I mean, I've only ever been an actor. I've been acting since I was four. Uh, I've been trying to be an intern, to be honest. <laughs> I asked Reese, I was like, can I please be an intern at Hello Sunshine? And she's like, no, no, you need your own. I'm like, okay. I love detective stories. I think, like, back to film noir, back in the yeah, 40s, yeah. up to now. Do you have any famous detectives that you're a fan of? 
famous detectives, like real life detectives. I don't I mean, know any. Real life any. It could be in, in TV but, shows or books. Like before we started filming, I like rewatched Casablanca just to like really get in the headspace. Sure. You know what I mean? <laughs> so maybe that. We get to hear Ryan belt out some theme songs for this one. <laughs> That's my favorite part. That is my favorite part. I didn't know that wasn't in the original script. So oh, really? like the first time I saw the movie. I had no idea that that was in it. I was like, this is incredible. Who thought of this? <laughs> For you, what is one of your favorite theme songs from a TV show from your childhood? Maybe I, the first thing that comes to mind is my SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> That's a great theme song. <laughs> nothing wrong with that one. Now it's going to be in your head for the rest of the day. The whole day. I'm, I appreciate it. <laughs> Pleasure meeting you. Thank you. Thank you so nice much. to meet you. Yeah. All right. There you go. Catherine Newton. Catherine Newton. Now, the next person, uh, this is pretty much, I'd say, the... He's the only face on the poster, really, because because uh, uh, Ryan Reynolds is a is a tiny little Pikachu. Yeah, but this is uh, Justice Smith has no relation to any of the Smith family, so don't oh thank God don't go down that road. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Justice Smith, uh, he was in the um, oh oh God the it's not the takedown God what is it it's that um it's, it's on Netflix about hip hop. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, You know yeah. what I'm talking about? I watched it, too. Yeah, it was uh, The Get Down. The Get Down, the yeah. Down. I can't know what the hell I'm talking about. Close. She had a down in there. <laughs> that was 50%. Uh, so, yeah, so he's in this. He plays the, the kid who has lost his father. Uh, here and, you go. And befriends Detective Pikachu. Hmm? Yeah, he does. Absolute pleasure to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. When you jumped into this, like, how well-versed were you in the Pokemon world before you're... I all had, on the poster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had all of the original cards. I had the Pokemon uh, games. I had Pokemon Gold, Pokemon Crystal, Pokemon nice. Stadium, Pokemon Snap, watch <laughs> anime. Uh, I mean, I was a huge, huge, huge fan. I, I think we can both agree, hopefully, that you know, the, when you take a video game and try to base it with a movie... Has been a, it's a, what Ryan said was a rocky road, <laughs> and so for this, you know, what was in that script that made you want to jump into that? The 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 story at the center of the film, which yeah. is a story about a young man trying to reconcile with his father. You know, I think no matter what the movie is, it has to have something relatable to everyone. It has to have something that nugget of truth. Yeah, and I think that this movie does that well. In addition to giving the fans what they want. And being colorful and magical and fantastical. Yeah. But, but yeah, that's what drew me in was that that human story. For your character and also uh, Catherine Newton's character, you guys talk about jobs that you have that are just really terrible before you, expand, <laughs> before you expand in your personal life. What was the worst job you had before being on the poster in Times Square? The only job I had other than being an actor was I was I took tickets at an amusement park. <laughs> and I had to smile all the time. Or there, there was... I don't even want to. I'm, I'm literally <laughs> saying under music park to be generic, but there was they like one of the rules was like if if a guest attacks you, you can't fight back. You have to let security take them off of you because then the parking gets sued. And I was just like, oh yo yo, and I had to smile at all times. That was the worst job. You know what's bad about that protocol is because it means it happened, and then, so yeah, someone had to deal with it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and then the uh, last thing is that uh, we get to hear Ryan's pipes in this movie, uh, belting out <laughs> probably one of the most famous theme songs of all the time. Right. What is one of your favorite theme songs from a TV show in your back in your childhood? You can do this for hours. I have no idea what you're doing. Just office. <laughs> <laughs> you need the piano. <laughs> yeah. Perfect, man. All right. Have a good day. Thanks, man. <laughs>
All right, there we go. I completely forgot he's also in Jurassic World. Jurassic World? Yeah, he's the oh, he's yeah. the nerdy kid. Okay, he's the nerd kid. He watches yeah. the Brontosaurus die and cries. Oh, that well, it made me cry too. Spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> you don't deserve it now. Right. Um all right then, let's move on to the big man. Son of a bitch. He's smart, he's handsome, he's funny. It's not fair. I know, right? <laughs> no, it's fair. And he's going to be a new dad again here again pretty soon. He's a new dad, and he's actually one of Hollywood's uh, highest paid actors now because he just signed a deal. Did you see this? No. Uh, I don't know if it was just recently announced or not. He signed, and not for any, no, I guess they're major now. He's doing a Netflix movie directed by Michael Bay. Uh, uh. $150 million budget. Whoa. Yeah. And wait till you get to the premise. He his paycheck for this one, twenty seven million dollars to do this Netflix wow. movie for Ryan Reynolds. And what's do we know what the movie is? It's called Six Underground. Okay. If I remember right. Uh and the get this, the premise is six billionaires all fake their own death, decide to create an elite team to go do pull veg, ve, uh, vigilante oh. and go kill 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 criminals. So they're all Batman. Yeah. I'm there. Yeah. I'll watch the shit out of that. As we record this, I was reading it last night. I was just, I was, right. like, I was like, yeah, where do you get this money from? And then uh, I was with Egg, and he's like, oh, is it a series he did? I'm like, no. Oh, dude, it's a fucking movie. And then when I read that synopsis, I immediately texted my Netflix contact. I'm like, what the fuck? This sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here he is. Uh, we hate him. Ryan Reynolds. Uh, pleasure to see you again. Yeah, um, so for this one, every time I say that you're involved with this movie, people kind of go, like, really? Like, that, is there an initiation process to be involved in a Pikachu movie and um, Pokemon? I don't know. I mean, it's sort of the first of its kind in terms of live action. So yeah. I, I don't know. No, I wasn't like appropriately hazed by <laughs> by Pokemon or or its surrounding culture. I, um, you know, I put my last drop of blood into almost a- anything I do these days, yeah. um, and and I recognized early on that the movie was in good hands because it was being made by people who were obsessed yeah. with Pokemon and Pikachu and that world, sure. that worldwide phenomenon. So, um, so they helped me because I, I knew about Pokemon, but I didn't know yeah. that it was just like this intense. <laughs> it's people insane. People intense about it. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so it was exciting. It was exciting to jump into that world knowing we're in good hands. Yeah. You know, and you mentioned live action because I think we both know the world of uh, basing movies off video games has not been too kind. To... It's been a rocky road. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a little yeah, rocky. Yeah, it has, yeah. When you read the script, what made you want to jump into it? Well, I mean, for me, I looked at it like, okay, if you take, like, you look at a movie like Field of Dreams. Have you seen Field of Dreams? Absolutely. Okay, so you, would you characterize that movie as a baseball movie? I don't think so. Yeah, right? That's that's <laughs> the thing. You, you're in this business and you sort of recognize that it's about a universal theme. It's about a father and son. Yeah. I sort of looked at this the same way in terms of like, okay, if I took like the Pokemon part out, yeah. does this still operate as sure. a great story? Like, is it still an interesting mystery? Is it still an interesting, like, does it tug at my heartstrings? Is it funny? Is it interesting? Yeah. And all those boxes got ticked. So oh. that's why I was, that's why I was excited about it, you yeah. know? And, and uh, and at its heart is is a, is a is a son trying to connect with his father. Yeah, and, you know. So speaking of Field of Dreams, which is one of my favorite movies, it's uh, it was one of those things that it really got me on board. We're just start crying right here. Right, <laughs> just interlock pinkies and weep. That's fine with ready. Me. Uh, you mentioned uh, you know because it's a detective story, which I absolutely love. I love detective yeah. stories. I'm curious if you had to choose your favorite detective. Who? Oh, I don't know. There's some good ones out there. I'll give you some options. Jessica Fletcher. Ooh. Was that one of your options? Mine was Magnum P.I. Wow, that's very good. <laughs> Magnum P.I., very good. Short shorts, rubber chicken. Let's do this. Or Matlock. Right? One of the two. Matlock, very good as well. But Matlock was like more like, like a lawyer. Right? Kind of, but he, I mean, he did his research. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Don't want him in the short shorts, though. That is true. No, I guess, I guess not. Although, yeah, 
an ass for every seat. Well, one thing I liked about this movie uh, is uh, there's a guy who has uh, a tattoo on his chest yeah. of, of a Pokemon. Yeah. Or would you get a geek tattoo, and what would it be? Would I get a geek tattoo? I think I'm past, like... The tattoo phase. I have a few that I sort of like now. I'm like, oh, why did I do that? And they're like, Dude, from when I was 19 or 20. And yeah. sort of but it's weird. It's sort of like I always equate it to snowboarding, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, when I was a teenager, just, just coming into adulthood, snowboarding was super cool. Yeah. And then now skiing like yeah. is super cool. Yeah. And, but when I was starting, like, that was not cool. So now it's like when I see, like, young people with, like, no tattoos, I'm like, oh. That's good that job. person is super cool. <laughs> like that person's like a super rebel. There so you go. yeah, so I guess it's sort of like that. Uh, we get to hear your uh, your singing pipes in this. Uh, I'm sorry about that. No, I, I wholeheartedly make. I told him make... to dub me with Celine Dion. Oh, and uh, no one listened. But it's it's a great rendition of the theme song. What is your favorite theme song from back in your childhood? My favorite theme song from back in my childhood. I really love the Cheers theme song. They That's a great one. In the world today takes everything you've got. <laughs> Such a good song. You have to end it with that. Right? <laughs> yeah. Boom. Pleasure seeing you. Thank you, sir. All right. Yeah. Okay. Just not fair. Has it all. <laughs> He's got it all. He has caught it all. Talented wife. <laughs> kid on the way. Yeah. What an asshole. I know, right? <laughs> but at least we got more Deadpool coming from yeah, him. He earned it. He did. All right. Uh, thank you for uh, staying through the entire episode, and we'll be uh, back in the basement next week.